Yes, yeah, ours yeah, was this we... past weekend, like yeah. a few days ago. Oh, okay, so I did mine the weekend before, so I thought there was like a two-week gap. Oh, still? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's so, time is so weird. I don't know why they fucking still do it. Like, right? Like, there's got to be, this is such, this is, I mean, this is random and doesn't make any sense what we're talking about, but like the traditions that exist around the world are like sometimes so asinine and stupid. It's like, this is the most archaic fucking thing that has no impact on anything at all. And we're just going to keep doing it because we've always have. And fuck you for not like not liking it. It's like, why do we have to change the time? Who cares? We do like, get an extra hour though, so I, I, I kind of care. Uh, but only because we lost one like six months ago. Yeah, I kind of wish kept going backwards and backwards every like six months. I'd be cool with that. <laughs> so like at night, we're just it's, skating like, out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, uh, it'd, be, it'd be worth it. The long run, don't worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty, pretty soon the seasons wouldn't match at all. And... Yeah, it would start getting dark at like fucking noon, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> going going for long enough, and just like this is how you actually convince people that time is just a construct, doesn't matter. Just just mess up everything. Yeah, like that's what people it feels like. It, realize it feels like somebody somewhere is like, we want to keep our like power over the people so we're just gonna like keep making them do this random shit that has no impact on anything and it's like dude why do i have to keep track of the clock and like you know how hard annoying it is when you have to go backwards and you got to hit the button 23 times to get back around to the hour before like, what's well, well, now isn't it i thought uh no not all my like my like my microwave clock is not my automatic. yeah not for my oven it's yeah like uh. that shit you know like like my phone is auto yeah but like I go downstairs and I'm like, oh, I know, I know, I'm gonna have to change it because I'm gonna go downstairs for work and be like, fuck, I'm late, and like run around and then not remember that I'm actually early. You're like <laughs> screaming first world problems right now. I know what that's what I'm saying, bro. Like, why do we hey, gotta change the clocks? Like, you guys like, don't shit? use your ovens and microwaves though to like wake up and like be like, oh, it's time to go to work. You don't like walk downstairs, do you? So, <laughs> so I mean, it's like that important. That's. I, it's true. The alarm is more important, which is partly like, my wall. Does Microwave even stuff. have a clock in it in the first place? You know, <laughs> mine does. Yeah, yeah but, but like what, why? But why? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> because because that's the clock substitute. I remember going to college yeah. and You're somebody right. in my family insisted that I have a clock, like a wall clock. You're right. And I said why, and they're like, so you know what time it is. I'm like, okay, cool. And then there's so like six clocks though. in my apartment already. There's like yeah. there's the oven and there's a microwave. So and... like basically the the phone killed the microwave. Basically, is that what we're saying right now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unnecessary, but it has a readout, so you might as well just put a clock on it. It's free, basically, free real estate. Yeah, it's like it's free real estate. What else is it gonna say? It could, I guess it could say like you know have a great day or like you know looking good, but like I don't know. That seems kind of pedantic and I don't know a little bit. Uh... Like it's now you're getting into like black talking down to us. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't want it to talk to me. I just want it to tell me the numbers that tell me what time it is. I I like yeah, it's still... be, be, be like a, a speaker or like a radio. I think that's what I would also substitute out for. Yeah, so it just I, tells you shit. I don't want yeah. any I, I don't want any of this. I, I want to go back <laughs> the to AI to talk to you? Yeah. Disconnect everything. Yeah, like I was at school on Monday and I was like, oh, fuck, it's like four. Shit, I'm late for a thing. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not. It's three. And I had to go up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why does it every throughout the day, like all day, I had that happen to me on Monday or whatever day. Yeah, Monday. Um, You'll just, survive. It'll can we just get rid of it? Like, can we just have this episode be about how we should get rid of fucking daylight savings time? Like, please. No, <laughs> we have more important things to discuss. <laughs> Thank you.
this is your captain speaking. On behalf of the flight crew, I'd like to welcome you to the SS Nemesis with service from the Kuiper Belt to deep space, it looks like. <laughs> we're going to get that straightened out and uh, point this puppy towards Earth. In the meantime, we're currently cruising an altitude of, say, 100,000 miles above the nearest celestial body. Neptune, it looks like. I don't know. I just work here. <laughs> Airspeed of how fast things drift through space. Um, moving on, we'll be beginning our jump to hyperspace in about 15 rounds, give or take. So make Ooh. sure your objectives are complete. Seat back and tray tables are in their full upright and locked position, and that you're not infected by larva. Chest bursting <laughs> is a pain for the flight crew to clean up. Please be considerate and hit up that auto dock and surgery if you've been infested. Big thanks. Also, try not to kill each other. That would be rude and totally understandable. Until then, sit back, relax, and enjoy the rest of our two-hour-plus conversation about the best board game I've played in the past two years, Nemesis. Round of applause. <laughs> We're doing Nemesis. Um, uh, Captain, uh, I have this dead guy sitting next to me, Stu. What do I do with him? His name's Stu now? Did, <laughs> did, you, did you decide that? You know, I don't forget it. Oh, it's Steve. Fuck. Yeah, no, no, Steve. Steve. No, his name's Stu now. That's, right, that's, the board, that's, that's our board rule. <laughs> that's our rule. The, the blue character corpse, he's, his name is whoever names him first. So for this podcast, blue character corpse, his name's Stu. Stu. All right. Yeah, I thought it was Stu the whole You've time. My bad. Yep. Yeah. All right. So what do I do? But what do I do with him? He's like dead and you can blue. take him where like you can you can pick him up and carry him you can you can drop him wherever you need to if we're playing carnivores he's getting eaten eventually so whatever you want whatever you think <laughs> Stu's family would would like you to do with Stu bring him back to deep space I mean earth sorry <laughs> yeah so now for a proper proper hello everybody um you're listening to getting gamey podcast about board games and today we're talking about my favorite board game of all time probably Favorite board game of all time, probably. Oh, shit. Uh, it's my most played big game of the last two years. I've played Ooh. lots of smaller games more times, I think. But this is the game I played the most over the past two years that has a, a solid play time. Um, anyone can message me at any time. And if I'm free, I will play this game. We're talking about Nemesis in case you didn't get all the context clues and all the stuff hey. we're talking about. Stu. Uh, Nemesis by Awakened Realms. It's finally here. We've talked about it like adjacent in adjacent ways and in different referencing it in, in other podcast episodes. So today we're actually going to talk about it and it's That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I'm decoy joined as always by uh, the guy over here who represents six different objectives at the same time. Oh shit. <laughs> and it's you, Mark. How are you doing, Mark? Uh, what up? Yeah, that's my game plan. So uh, now you all know. So I got I to make sure I kill everyone before this episode comes out, I guess. Yes. Quick aside. <laughs> the first time I met you in person, it was at a bar right before Rubicon. That's true. That's true. Do you remember how that went? Because you were playing Nemesis. I, I do remember how that went. I was excited to meet you and sad that you weren't there or earlier, but that was fine. Um, and I was like, oh shit, dude, like I'm playing nemesis, but like, it's great to meet you. Also, like I've been up for 24 hours and I have to go, which was really unfortunate. Uh, and I was like, Hey, uh, do you want to like play this nemesis character that I'm in right now? Like just finish this game up. And he was, and you were like, yeah, totally. <laughs> and then yeah. you played the rest of my game and I think you killed me. I feel like I'm going to be saying, no, I died. did. All right. So what no, happened you was didn't die? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I sat down table and the first thing I asked was what does squid say his objective was? Oh, and I yeah. got three different people saying six different things. <laughs> so they yes. said, best friends forever, kill player two, um, egg research, 
what what is the one with with Stu actually? Uh, proper burial. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, get the ship to Earth. Get the ship to Mars, and like two other objectives, all at that's, the same time. That's and so everyone funny. was really annoyed, like really, really annoyed. <laughs> Good job. Um, I looked at the <laughs> yeah. objective, and it's egg research. Yeah, it was egg research. I do remember that. Yep. Yeah, and I looked at the board, and I threw my hands up because you didn't have an egg. There was an egg no, I did was not. sitting in the adjacent room. Yeah, I was on I my turned, way to get it. Yeah. yeah, and like I turned, and you're leaving. And I just like held up my hands and yelled, what the fuck at you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. <laughs> I was Anyways, like, I don't know, man. I was trying to throw him off my, my scent. <laughs> yeah, it was a disaster. I don't know. I don't know what you did that game, but the whole ship was on fire. Um, and everyone was like clinging to life. Yeah, um, I did the egg research. See? I, uh, I got in the cryopod. No, no. There was like one malfunction token left and one fire token left or no fire oh, wow. tokens left. And um, JC just blew the ship up because he didn't want to sit Aww. around. Because the game was like at five hours or something at that point because you guys are really slow, apparently. Yeah, um, yeah. And everyone just wanted to like go back to the room. So he just blew the ship yeah, up was... to everybody about an hour. That's really funny. <laughs> so, we, so we died. hours. You played those yeah, for five it, hours. Yeah. It was like, I don't know, because I wasn't there for all of it. I was fresh. Like, I, I was good. And I played for yeah, you were ready. and a half. And you had already been playing for three hours when I got there. Yep. yep. Yeah, it, it, it was, was rough. Uh, you know what? Um, I, I do think that is actually one of my issues with the game, but we'll get to that uh, when we get down the line, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Also, hey, I'm also, <laughs> also joined by, by this, this wonderful gentleman over here. Uh, you might remember him from uh, his voice just now, or the Dune Imperium episode Leo. like two months ago, six weeks ago. Um, he's come ready and prepared, as he has just, just alluded to, to tear my favorite board game to shreds. Oh, <laughs> Salo. How are you doing, Salo? I'm doing good. I've just been playing Twilight Imperium in the background. Uh, don't mind me. Uh, oh, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I was just going to say, doing... am I like the only European person on this podcast at the moment in time, or is there, has there been another appearance yeah. by a European? We've had um, Glandor from Australia. Um, yeah, oh. so he did, so sort of, not really, yes, but, but that's like not adjacent. the same, but that's like far away. Like, they'll, over the non-American overseas people will say it's now, like a, only two of you. Like I think. A, it's just you two. A type of British person, though. So yeah, that counts. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Euro British adjacent, I would say. Yeah. All right, back to Nemesis. Um, I'm gonna give a quick rundown, a quick two-minute, three-minute rundown, in case anybody at home doesn't know any, like, hasn't a clue what I'm talking about with Nemesis. Never heard of it, or maybe you have heard of it and haven't played it and are interested. So, um, here we go. In Nemesis, you play as a member of a crew of a corporate-owned starship, Starship Nemesis. Uh, you wake from crowd sleep, and you find one of your crewmates dead on the floor, covered in claw marks. Uh, sirens blare, and you hear noise all around you. Um, noise sounds organic and decidedly not human. You're surrounded by monsters. It's scary. Survival horror. That's the name of this game. Your goal complete the unique objective that you get dealt and survive to tell the tale. Uh, those objectives can be anything from, uh, as, as you've heard me say earlier, uh, make sure the ship gets back to Earth. There's mm -hmm. also like a kill the queen objective. Um, also, you might have an objective that says make sure player two, the guy who's sitting right next to you playing the pilot character, that guy, doesn't make it back alive. Or it could be yourself, in which case you have to kill, make sure everyone else dies. Very, very fun. Although there's no direct PvP combat, there are ways to hurt other player characters if you need to make sure someone doesn't survive. For example, you can't throw grenades at other people. 
um, not look, looked upon too kindly back on Earth, but you can throw them <laughs> at aliens, and if a player happens to be in the room, well, that's allowed under the guise of collateral damage. They shouldn't have been there anyway. What were they thinking walking in there? Uh, things that have happened to me, gotten grenades thrown at me. It wasn't fun. <laughs> by lots Damn. of different people. Fucking sucks. Many different people. <laughs> so because of all this, I describe this game as a semi-co-op survival horror. Pretty standard definition. You usually try to cooperate with your teammates until you don't, whether that's for malicious reasons or, you know, just selfishness. Uh, every table and game group is different. I've played this game with many, many different groups, and all the all all the all the player groups act a little bit differently. Sometimes you get a high trust environment, sometimes you get a low trust environment, uh, but generally speaking, you have to work together at least a little bit at the beginning. Sometimes you get objectives that overlap perfectly with each other and your teammates. Everyone gets out alive, all the objectives are completed. Uh, more often than not, a few of you just die because the game's really, really hard, very, very difficult. Win rates on this game. Um, in your standard pub environments are like 30%. Like you have about a 30% chance statistically of surviving and completing your objective. Game Whoa. is pretty hard. So yeah, more often than not, a few of you die. Occasionally everyone dies. This game can have anywhere from zero to five winners. I have lost a game on round three, I think, just because we got catastrophic. Uh, that wasn't even too long ago. That was like a month ago, month or two ago, where we just got fire in the hibernatorium, fire event, fire event, and we're dead. Round three. Uh, and we're like, that sucked. You want to go again? And they're like, no, I don't have enough time for another one. We're like, okay, yeah. that sucked. But, you know, stuff happens. Sometimes sometimes everybody just dies. Regardless of the outcome, win or lose, you're guaranteed some climactic and cinematic moments in this game. No game is perfect, but if I've, what, what I've said to you appeals to you, um, this is pretty close to perfect, I think. Uh, and it has a lot of the tags that I enjoy sci-fi semi-co-op has hand and deck management and it has trader mechanics not guaranteed though but possible and just the possibility makes everybody play a little bit crazy so i think all these things are wonderful i think nemesis is wonderful and i think it's my favorite favorite board game of all time that's pretty Ooh. awesome that's a pretty glowing intro yeah i really like the idea of it being like not perfect but kind of perfect in its imperfection and also like therefore kind of your favorite in that way like that's an interesting i'm excited yeah, to hear, yeah. like hear more about like how that is because i the, love that like we love what we love even if it's not perfect you know the things that are wrong with this game are easier to mitigate than the things that are wrong with other games i think ah. that's where i've come to with this okay. so what what do you think what is a board game you love that has problems with it oh <laughs> I have a I have one to start um, that since you just mentioned it and I don't know when it's still your thunder, um, Salo, but you do know more games than me. Um, Dune mm -hmm. Imperium uh, is a game that I love that does have some things <laughs> that I don't really like about it, um, like specifically. But I didn't yep. get to the, that point with them until I had played it a lot and I look I was able to look past it. Um, but now okay. that I've sort of played it quite a bit, I am really starting to see some of those like issues where. Like, I think I can see the game at a different level now, and I can tell when, like, I have no chance anymore, basically. And I'll still play it through, and, like, you know, maybe I'll get crazy lucky on, like, an intrigue draw or something. But there are just some windows of time with the way the game lines up or the way that, um, like, certain people's cards that they're peeling off the row for or whatever, where I'm just like, ugh. Like, I now no, no longer have a chance. Um, and, like, you know, sometimes it's just unwinnable, it feels like. And that, that can be a bummer when you're putting a lot of time into a game. 
So that I one for me, I think, would be one. That's I, I do agree with that. There's, with that game, it's definitely like there's a certain point where it just becomes like a bunch of predetermined moves that you have to make in that game. Right. Uh, which I've always found like I like to experiment when I'm playing board games and try out different things, but it feels like it's quite restrictive once you get to a certain level of play. Yeah. Uh, so I, I yeah, I can totally agree with that myself. Uh, I think with Nemesis, it might be the most flawed board game. I actually own. Oh shit! Yeah, I don't necessarily I... disagree with that. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do own. So? Uh, I think other than Vast, I think it is probably the most. But Vast is a, is a different beast entirely. Right. <laughs> I think the big caveat with Nemesis I have is, which I think you talked alluded to before, Ducoy, is that playing in real life sometimes it takes five hours, right? And yes. the fact that there's play elimination and you can get eliminated round three, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just watching other people play the board game for like what for four hours, three hours of yeah, yeah, because yes. it's it's with Awakening Realms board games, there's such a detail. Well, a wow, what's the best way of saying it? But like they they pay such attention to detail. Uh, like there's so many bits and pieces to the board games. I don't think I've ever seen an Awakening Realms board game that's under like £100 or $150, basically. Uh, right. Yeah, the to that game is just long. It takes at least half an hour to set up at best. And then you've got the drafting, and then you've got people so taking the turns, and it feels like sometimes you, you, you spend more time setting up the game than actually playing it. Playing it, yeah. So... Yes. I, interesting yeah and it also takes up a lot of space physically like i remember we were at that bar that was the only time i've ever seen it irl right because i've only ever played online which to be fair the online mod is also massive like i have to zoom in and out and move around all the time but that does that's not as hard (laughs) but uh, we like ran out of space on the at the bar we had like this massive table and i was like this will be fine and then jc set the board up and i was like oh we're out of space already like yes we had had to like tug and tight like it was so tight even though the table was huge so it like requires a significant volume of space too yeah, while you were in uh, while you were in the root finals at uh, at Rukon in the final final game, yeah, we, we pulled out Nemesis and we played it again, and we used up all of we had to scoot two of those tables together to fit everything on the board. Oh my god! So you had like a yeah, four? Oh, that's that's like yeah, so that's like two, an eight eight by eight. What is that? Eight? Those tables are eight by four or something like that. So that's like eight across and then like 16 wide oh my god <laughs> yeah it was huge like we didn't have like lengthwise we we're trying to figure out how to place the board and we couldn't fit like there was no orientation where we could put our drinks on the table Jesus. so oh, we all held our drinks and like put them off to the side because it was there was just awkwardly not enough space so yes yeah. those are those are actually serious problems with this game yeah it is a monster to set up and take down Woof. like we were putting this board game away yeah go for it how did the gameplay in real life work? Because I know you, you play with certain people on the on the, our Discord server a lot. How did the yes. game play differently live to how it normally does on online? Ooh, that's a good question. Differently. So let me think about this. I guess I'll talk about the one we played at RootCon because that's when I was there for all of it. Right. I played with JC and Rehab and I think one or two other people we're playing with okay so it was us three that play a lot on discord server and then two new people so it was kind of like a semi-teach game i think so a few people who were playing had not played more than a couple times right 
that one played more like a teach game. So compared to other teach games, it was just about exactly the same. Like nobody played strategically differently than they usually do. Maybe a touch nicer. Because you're together a, with everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I want to say JC took a kill objective and then just didn't do it. Like he just, JC is really funny. The way he started to do kill objectives now in a meta sense is that if he has a kill a player, he won't actually try to kill the player. He'll just let them die on their own. In Nemesis, uh, you don't all the time, like, you don't have to actually throw grenades at people. You could just not help. And the game is so difficult that sometimes people will just die if they're not being helped. That's how, yeah. that's, that's the, that's the vibe of the game. We just played a game, a teach game, I think it was a teach game, earlier this week with Sagan, and he took kill Sagan. And he just didn't do anything. Like, we right. flipped over the objectives, and he was like, oh, you had kill Sagan? Oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, he died. But he died because he was trying to do his objective. I think JC figured that this is all getting into all sorts of meta talk. Like some, right. some people choose give, given the choice and this happens a lot in nemesis, you can either survive or do your objective, whatever it says on the card that you get dealt. Right. And some people will always choose to complete their objective. And then some people will always choose life. And most people <laughs> choose to do their objective, but some people choose life. Yeah. And if you know that about someone, it's really interesting because sometimes you can take kill them, and if the board gets into a bad state, you can count on them dying because they'll go for their objective. And you can so just true, do whatever you want, yeah. Yeah, true balanced gameplay, if we're, we're talking about, this is not a competitive game, this is more of like a narrative game, like have a yeah. fun mm -hmm. story. Not, not so dissimilar to something like Betrayal on like a bigger scale, like a mm -hmm. bigger, grander scale. Much bigger. scale, yeah. yeah. Where you're really just there to experience a story being shown to you and participating in so if you're really trying to succeed and survive every single time i think you're missing the point of nemesis you shouldn't be trying to win every game you should be trying to have a cool experience but you can i think i think you can have the coolest experience if you try to play in a balanced way if that makes sense meaning you don't always do something every time and that is one of the things I love about this game because some people do that in our group and then some other people will be all the way on the good guy side where you can always count on them trying to help people. And you can build that into your strategy of how you're going to play. You can take less risks or maybe more risks. You can, you can dive for certain rooms that you don't necessarily think you might be able to handle unless you know someone's going to come and save you. So if you're playing with Florg, Florg is the best example we have right. of this. Yep consummate good guy the paragon of goodness mm -hmm. i've seen him take a kill objective like twice or three times and they've all been on lockdown no wait the one time i saw him take a a kill objective on regular nemesis he gave it up immediately because he didn't <laughs> want to do it he just that's didn't funny. want to do like hoarder or whatever it was because it wasn't yeah. going to be be uh that one's so hard a, yeah hoarder's really difficult he just yeah. took the kill objective and was just like he he like worst poker player ever. He just gave it up on turn two. He's like, You don't want me to you don't want to do that. I'm like, that's weird coming from you. And right. it turns out he took kill me. And it's the first only time. And he, he, even then he couldn't hold up the facade for very long. Right. So yeah, you got players sure. like that. And then you got players like Rehab, who just showed up and started killing people. Like right away, yeah. Barely knew how to play the game, read the card, and was like, kill player three, we're killing player three. Kill player yeah. one, that's that's me. Okay, kill everybody. And he just changed our table meta. And now we all have to worry about it whenever he's in the game. Um, and then we have all the people in the middle where you go one way or the other. 
And in this game at Rukon, I want to say it was a friendly teach game and that we didn't take the kills. Yeah. Like yeah. JC, I think took a kill objective, but he didn't actually like try to do it. And it didn't play sufficiently differently than the way that we usually play. Everybody fit into their particular things that they usually do. Me, yeah. me and JC played a balanced game. Rehab played really sketchy. And the other two <laughs> players played kind of like their cooperatively new and new. Yeah, yeah. cooperatively because they didn't exactly know the mechanics of the mechanics of the game well enough to really like press things without right. getting into trouble. And that's like the typical new player thing, right? Yeah. So yeah, to answer your question, it played pretty much exactly the same as it plays on TTS. That's so interesting. I feel like I'm like I wouldn't have expected you to be like, oh, like in this game, you don't really want to necessarily try and play to win or try to play to like I guess living and completing your objective are different like win conditions kind of for yourself, but like in terms of the way the game says you've won the game. Like and multiple players can win the game, which is also in and of itself kind of interesting, right? But it's so interesting that you would be like, Oh, well, you don't really necessarily want to play to win in order to have the best experience. Yeah, like sometimes. I don't know that we could say that about every any other game on our list yet. I feel like, we, yeah, like, play, play enough times though, you'd realize like, oh, trying to win every time is just futile, and it actually will get you more annoyed than actually having fun. So, experiencing the actual, you know, having fun with the actual experience is much more a way of actually approaching the game, in my opinion. So, yeah, because it's yeah. like more likely to have fun than it is to win. So you might as well just not try and win as much. <laughs> our group has gone like so far. We've played this game so many times. Yeah. that we have stopped taking easy objectives. Now we just take the hard objectives because if we're playing with five experienced players, we all pretty much know the game mechanics inside and out. Right. And get the ship to Earth is just a boring objective. So we'll yeah, do I mean, egg research. And yeah. that's that's much harder. It's, like if you're trying to win, that's that's not a good not a good option. You should take the other one. But <laughs> it's way funner to try to do it. And you feel way yeah. more accomplished doing something because it's it's difficult. That's why I picked and, that one on our yeah. IRL game. I was like, oh, egg research for sure. The reason why, you know, you can play the game like that, though, is again because of the way working realms make board games is they've got such an attention to detail. There's such, like, effort put into the models. Like, uh, for example, Dead of Winter, which plays similarly to, to Nemesis, came out a couple of yes. years ago. Uh, right. They use cardboard cutouts as their models, basically, but in Nemesis, there's 3D models. The board is well developed. There's these nice mm-hmm. little pieces you can use, like like sort of see-through pieces for like the noise. I think there's such an effort when it comes to the presentation on that board game that it's very easy to lose yourself in the whole aesthetic and you know the whole game itself. Even if the game, the actual gameplay elements is not tight, the whole atmosphere yeah. that all these you know design choices that, that they made actually pay off very well in my opinion so yeah uh... there, there's a reason this game costs so much <laughs> if you if you just look at the minis specifically the alien minis they are so detailed they look so good it's yeah. it's the type yeah. of game where you can you can just get painted like you can just paint your minis or what is the thing called where you can send them off to someone they spray painted a certain color like etsy um, and stuff like that yeah yeah so you can you can do that with these miniatures and they look great we have, yeah, uh, Umberto has a friend who does the whole Nemesis experience. He's got painted minis and a fog machine. And oh yeah, the fog machine. <laughs> yeah, there's pictures. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty uh, cool. It, well, it sounds excessive, and yeah, fog machine. Sure, 
<laughs> he said smoke machine. I think he said smoke machine. Uh, I need I to go. He said it was a vape. He said it was a vape to me. So hey, uh, <laughs> vape is a smoke machine. Am I wrong? No, innocent. <laughs> I don't know if you should smoke your smoke machine though. Like, <laughs> hey, maybe, well, if it's a really good, it's a really good smoke machine. I'm sure then you can hotbox it. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> maybe it was like just two vapes at once, but it, it was quite like quite dense. The photos we get of like, the actual smoke. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's point being, it fits. Like it looks really cool. It seems like something you'd see in a movie, and yeah. that's a neat thing for a board so, game. I can't I think, think of another board game that does that. That would be my next question: Is do you like this game, or do, do, do there's a reason why you like this game so much? Is because you're a big Alien fan, or uh, the reason why I like this game is it hits me in a lot of the tags that I am interested in. So anything okay. that is space, I will play. Which is why I'm into Dune. It's why I'm into the Dune board game. Anyway, right. it's why right. I'll give the big Dune board game a shot eventually Ayo, when I have time. Yep. Um, mm. It's why I watch space-themed films, although not the really popular ones because I'm hipster. Um, <laughs> and it's got yeah, anything related to space. I grew up with Star Trek, so anything like that's that's my childhood. Anything right. anything that touches space, I will interact with and probably enjoy. It's also okay. got a deck. I like deck type games. It has right. a little bit, a tiny bit of hand management and deck management. Not a lot, not anywhere close to the other games, but it has it in there and that's cool. Yeah. Um, and it has trader mechanics in it. And they don't always pop up, but they warp the game because you have to, it, it's something you have to worry about. Even if you're pretty sure no one to kill you, you have to think about it. So it's going to be in the back of your mind. Okay. Uh, deception games. Those are among my favorite types of games. I've played a lot of poker, and I, right, I loved right. poker for a long time. I'm currently playing in, if you guys haven't, Blood on the Clock Tower. Great. Yeah, wonderful yeah I do want to try it. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, that is my jam, although that game is uh, absolutely exhausting to play. Uh, also <laughs> exhausting to run, too. Like, big shout-out to, to all the people who we have running that game. Right. Nitrorev, um, I think Noisemaker has run a few I'm uh, one other person, Glandor, I think. Yeah. He's going to be running one game this weekend. Anyway, that game. Also, totally into it. It's more like fantasy-themed, but has trader mechanics, so I'm in. Yeah, this game yeah. has all of those things. Sci-fi, it's got a little bit of hand and deck management, has trader mechanics, and it looks really cool. And I know a lot of people who play it. Yeah, it's, and, got, like, it's got a good... like. Yeah. It, there's a there's a following too in a sense right i'm wondering like because you said uh the narrative element of the game and the story driven element of the game is something that really stands out and i think that's true for me when i first learned it which was a while ago now but every time i play it i feel like that's the thing that everyone kind of keeps harping on like in between is like oh like the narrative and the stories are so good and like you guys will do big long write-ups about like the story of the game and what happened and stuff yes. and like that really helps lead the uh like just the experience or whatever i guess i'm what i'm most curious about i think for the two of you um because i didn't come prepared necessarily uh because i don't know this game well this was like decoy's baby right so he's really leading the charge um in that way which is awesome but i'm i'm like kind of curious as just like a bystander of this love and affection that like i see all over the place with nemesis i guess i'm curious like because we've talked about how important and how powerful a theme can be for a game um, and like, you know, RP in general and like all that. I'm curious, like, because mechanically speaking, when what with what you're doing in this game, 
it doesn't really feel all that interesting. I don't think at least like to me, like it really feels like the mechanics of it was sort of like second fiddle to the, the like narrative and the story that they were trying to tell. Like it almost feels like the upkeep of the game is more mechanically important than like the actual actions that you're taking. Is that right? Or am I like just too new to the game? Hmm, I have to think about this for a second. Cause it like, every time I play, I'm like, all right, like I've got five cards. I'm going to play a card. I'm going to move. And then like, I'm going to maybe spawn an alien. And then like, I'm going to try to have it not kill me. And then like the round is going to end. And then we're going to do a bunch of like upkeep. And then I'm like, now I get to go again with the new cards. And like, sometimes I'll shoot and like roll a die. And sometimes I'll flee and spend two dice, two cards, just careful move and like mitigate the noise roll or whatever. But like, it doesn't really ever feel like mechanically speaking, what it's very interesting. It always feels like mechanically, it's just kind of like blah, but then you've got this like epic RP where like, you know, somebody punches the queen in the face with the butt of their rifle and it like kills them or they die doing it or whatever. And like, that's fun. I don't know. Like I'm just, I was just curious for y'all, if y'all agreed with that or if you thought that was just like, I've only played I 10 we, times. Where you're coming I, from, uh, I, I definitely feel like sometimes the way the game plays doesn't really um, align with what story's being told. I definitely yeah. feel like with my, I think my biggest issue with Nemesis is the reason why I sort of I didn't really fight a lot of it, but it's it stopped being in my top ten board games is the fact that after you've played it multiple, multiple times, there's only so many stories that can be told in that game. And okay. I think the more and more you know what the cards are and you sort of know what, what the meta is, it becomes less interesting for me because it becomes okay. more predictable. And I think if we are going to talk about Nemesis as being, being a horror game, I think one yeah. big element of horror is that you should not know what's going to happen, but yet the more and more you do play that game, obviously the, the more you're going to learn. The more the and more you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Which is why they start adding like other like alien races and stuff to sort of flavor it up, but that, then you get to that point where you've, you play that race so many times that, you, that, you know, it comes... Again, only a certain amount of times you can really play Nemesis, I think, before, you know, you either shelf it for the rest of your life or you just trade it on to someone else, basically. To let them experience it, too, yeah. Hmm. So, yes, all everything that you're saying is is strictly correct, I think. Okay. There, there is a... The, the mechanics of the game, first of all, are very, very difficult. This game is very, very hard. When we yeah. get to the yeah. eventual... eventual uh, having to guess what the... <laughs> yeah, I'm not excited. And Sallow, if you don't know what the weight is, don't look it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you guess. Yeah, but sure. um, yes, this this game has a lot of mechanics. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of yes. There's not a lot of actions you can take, but figuring out what to do and what you are allowed to do is a huge part of the game. Yes. And it's also largely, largely knowledge based. So you will do so much better at this game if you understand how all the different mechanics work in them. Uh, in, in what you're playing, whatever alien type you're playing against. There's three in base nemesis. Uh, and knowing that deck inside and out and what can potentially be coming at you from the attack deck and from the event deck is something that will give you a huge leg up. There's There's been many times where we say that the attack deck is half empty and we have not seen either of the runs that are in that deck. So if you shoot, there's a good chance the alien will run away. And that's part of like the gamer part of this game. Right. They, this game locked down even more so than regular Nemesis. Uh, not locked down being the the sequel game, 
Right. Regular Nemesis is gameable if you know exactly what the possibilities of your actions, what what where the branches are, and what what your probabilities of certain things happening are. So at any given time for any given action, you can usually stick a number to it. And as we've kind of kind of talked about, that's not really horror anymore. Right. It's like there's there's right. monsters about, but if I know that there is a forty percent chance that I am going to be able to make that alien run if it runs away, that's getting into something else. That's that's like strategy. And that's, yeah, now you're strategizing, yeah. Yeah, about what the best correct possible action to do is to get out of the situation. And that may or may not be narrative. So it might not be particularly narrative for your uh, puny scientist character who has the worst gun in the game to just start <laughs> shooting all of a sudden. Right. Because he just magically knows that there are two runs in the deck and there are three cards left. So if he does hit it, which is exactly 50%, or it might be 83%, or it might be 33%, that it will run away, now you're just kind of gaming the deck and you're gaming the game. And that's yeah. part of what this game is. Uh, mitigation, management of resources, and putting numbers to events. So that part in and of itself I don't think is narrative. That's just gameplay. The narrative parts for this game, for me, come from the overall story of everything that has happened. In each individual action, I don't think anything feels particularly narrative by default. You're okay. shooting aliens, you're exploring parts of the ship, you're maybe doing research for this scientist because that's what the scientist does. Mm -hmm. But from a broader lens, sometimes... Uh, especially after you get through about halfway through the game where everyone's figured out what everyone is doing and you're just trying to survive and just trying to make it out, that's kind of where the narrative moments more peek out. Like, how do you die? How does your character die? What are the decisions that led up to them having uh, escaped the ship or having died to an alien bite that they were trying to mitigate but just couldn't? Right. We had a game with JC where the narrative moments in that game were... I fixed one engine. Uh, Batmaster fixed the other engine. Friend, <laughs> we just we we after our podcast episode on Clue, I asked Landor and, and Batmaster if they wanted to play Nemesis, and they both said yes. And I actually got a <laughs> game with Batmaster yesterday. Yeah, pretty sweet. Game. So he played. Uh, he 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 played. I forget who he played. He played mechanic. He <laughs> fixed one engine. I fixed the other engine. I looked at and changed the coordinates, and I fixed the coordinates. And JC didn't trust any of us. Of course not. Because he knows me, and he was kind of looking at Batmaster kind of sketchy, and we understood kind of that his... We know he's a good gamer, and we know he's really good at games. And some things that we were doing were not, like, lining up. Like, it wasn't quite right. And at the end of the game, he said, yeah, his plan was actually to kill everybody. And oh, JC that's hilarious. Out. He took, he took <laughs> the objective to kill the queen, but the top part of that objective is actually blow up the ship. So he was planning to destroy the engines. So JC caught on to that. And the beautiful uh, narrative moments in that game were JC as the soldier not believing that bat like believing that Batmaster's full of shit. The like the mechanic was actually breaking the ship. Right. And he took actions at the end of the game to try to get on a skate pod because he thought the engines were broken. That was the narrative bits of that game. And all the things were like, I can choose right here to follow you into cryosleep but I don't trust you because of all the things that have happened in this game and I'm going to leave and I'm going to go rogue. 
and he died for it. Like he just rolled bad uh, a few times yeah. and he just got like, he just got wrapped up in a cycle of uh, shoot, kill the thing, uh, run out of ammo, time's running out, have to take more risky actions to get to the place I need to get to. And then you just took too much damage and died. And that was yeah. unfortunate. And all of that, all of the things together, not the individual actions, but the whole story was just beautifully narrative. I could see from the individual actions, even just from the player character perspective, uh, or yeah, from, from the characters in the game perspective, the soldier says, I don't believe that this, this mechanic is actually fixing anything. Something feels wrong to me. I don't trust him. I'm going to go double check his work. I'm, I'm going to make sure that I'm not on the ship when it blows up because I'm paranoid and I'm going to die for it. feels like a movie. And something like that happens in basically every single game if you look for it. If that's interesting to you, and I love this type of stuff. I want to make an narratives. analogy, I think. Um, yeah, go for it. If, yeah, if this, maybe this makes sense. Because, again, I'm new to this game compared to you guys. So what that reminds me of is like reading a book where you're like turning the page um, like maniacally because you're so interested in it. And it's like gotten to the juicy center. And like you're, like you're thinking about it when you're not reading it. And you're trying to get back to reading it. Um, because the narrative and the story and everything is so good. And what it sounds like, I think, is that like, if you take, if you like whittle that feeling and that, that down to its core nucleus, what you have is sort of like a um, like human, like story that is um, interesting and that is fun to experience in whatever form that you're experiencing it. Um, so I guess what I, that makes me think that like, you know, some books that are really good are like 700 pages and take you like a year to read them. Um, and like, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't read those books, but like they take a long time to get to the juicy center. So I guess like what I'm now thinking about is like the juicy center. If we think about board games compared to like movies or other types of media that have these sort of story narrative elements, right? Like, like we said, like it's a, if it's a five-hour game and like you died in turn three and you're hanging out for three hours, is the juicy narrative center going to be so good that even though you're not able to now do the thing you went over to your friend's house to do, which is play games with them, you're not doing that anymore. But the story is so good that you can you're still engaged and etc. Like, is that could we say that? Do you think? I really think it depends on what kind of person you are. Is it really at the end of the day? Yeah. Because like again, what. People like Decoy and JC, they love this game, but someone like, you know, for example, Francis, I don't know if I'm going to say he's, he's definitely a self-proclaimed <laughs> hater, yeah. <laughs> there are other people that we have played this game with before, and they've just bounced off of it completely, uh, even though right. they have given it a couple of tries. Yeah, and that's totally fair. I, I, If I'm that person that dies round three, and this has happened to me before, yeah. I've gotten right. airlocked on turn two, and I've died, and I've sat around still running the game like for everyone else to play but i would have also and so in in that sense i'm still a little bit engaged because i'm still yeah yeah you're helping like with the upkeep yeah yeah i i still have my objective i'm dead i can't win anymore but hopefully you know they get the ship to earth maybe and that's sort of interesting (laughs) i've also been in a spot where i've died and then that's just it i'm totally cool watching the rest of the game just because i like seeing what's going on I also totally understand that's not going to be a lot of people's jam. Like you came to play a game and you're not playing the game anymore. And that sucks. I get it. Yeah. Like I wonder like the minute to minute gameplay, right? Like, I guess like how do we value those two things side by side? Right. Like that's really tricky. (laughs) 
You, you know what? I think Nemesis. You ever read a uh, Cormac McCarthy? Yes. You ever read uh, Blood Blood Meridian? Yes. Yes, Blood Meridian. Highly, highly recommend, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very, 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, there's no punctuation in Blood Meridian. Nemesis is just. I, I don't know. I I think it's the thing of Nemesis is is whether that center's actually worth exploring for you, and whether that sort of narrative element is really what you want from a, a board game experience. Hmm. I wonder, I think for me, just to kind of like piggyback a little bit on that idea, just some more like there is a board game genre which is, I think just called D&D, but maybe I'm mistaken because I don't know that very well, but it seems to me like the narrative story is like the D&D world, right? So like, I wonder if like, is this the like adjacent to D&D game maybe and it's like if you love D&D you'll like Nemesis because it's like you know what I mean like could we say that I, I wonder then my, I think my, what I'm trying to get with, with my Blood Meridian comparison is that like I don't think everyone should read Blood, Blood Meridian but Blood Meridian is a great book regardless right I, I, I think again if you're looking for that sort of D&D free form experience that's not really uh, a strategy board game but is more of a storyboard game than Nemesis is for you. And that's that sort of center that you were talking about is worth going into. But if you don't like Blood Meridian, you don't like, you know, games that make you feel sort of powerless and you don't get to do a lot, basically, and then you just die around three. Maybe Blood Meridian is not for you, and, and so is Nemesis, basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting what... analogy. Yeah. Yeah. So th- th- this, uh, this is going to. This is going to segue into a conversation that you always want to have about every board game, Mark. Should, everyone touch, should everyone touch this board game? I do love so, this question. So uh, I think Sal would say no, based on your previous answer. Do you think everybody right. should touch it? Uh, I think I, everyone should try it once, though. Hmm, okay. I, I don't think It's know. a good introductory board game. The reason why I bought Nemesis originally was was to show my friends this is what board gaming can do and can be. Yep. It's not always Monopoly. It, it's like from Monopoly and Risk on Scrabble, it's so far when it comes to, you know, the set design and the product <laughs> itself, it's so yeah. far removed from Monopoly that I think it's just worth having. And I think yeah, it's just it's just it's just good, good little like conversation style, isn't it? You just you just have like Nemesis like out on your table. It's an eye catcher. Um, it's a I, significant I, eye catcher, yeah. Yeah, I, I can... think it is worth trying to, to get people to play at least once. So, if hmm. maybe if you if you give them the whole speech that we've kind of given, it's all of these things. But if you don't like sci-fi and you're not into, and I know a lot of people are not specifically into game with trader mechanics, that's a huge turnoff for some people. Yeah. So some people only play co-op games or euro games that are don't have much player interaction. Some people don't know how to deal with deck management. And some people don't know how to deal with just like the level of complexity that's in this game because it's very, very high. If all that stuff is okay, then yeah, you should give it a shot. If a few of those things you're very opposed to, I would say maybe not. There are other very, very good board games that are a little friendlier. Friendly might not be the the right word to use here, but at least don't have as many feel-bad moments as this game. Because there are quite a few feel bad moments <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you take things personally. Like I've never mm. felt 
especially bad, but I know some people who have felt especially bad after dying in this game. Uh, See, and that just happens. You kind of have to accept that you're going to die like over half of your games. And right. that that's okay. I think my counterpoint to that would be, though, is that you could just play this game completely co-op because there are two different sets of other objectives you can put where it can be yes. semi-cooperative yeah. or they can just be fully cooperative. And when I'm playing these co-op teaching games with people, maybe sometimes I'll play a card that actually kills them, but I'll be just, just be like, well, just take a damage here instead and let's keep the game going, basically. And I'll, I'll give them like a couple extra, couple of extra sort of tries to play like, the game. Like do-overs? It, it, yeah, like... Do-overs, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think Nemesis, you don't even really have to play it by the rules to really enjoy it. Yeah, that's an entirely other conversation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah um, that's because <laughs> the rule book is like the size of a fucking library. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's not written as well as a library. Um, yeah, yeah, to, touche. I to, to just <laughs> to just stick. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. To just stick with yeah. this this uh, final final thoughts about this. That's also really interesting. That I've never really thought about. I don't know if I want to call that fudging, right? But like fudging damage or fudging things. I try not to do that. Maybe I should, especially in first first playthrough games, where you're trying to curate an experience a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And Nemesis can be very very random. As much as I just said a few minutes ago that you can calculate the probabilities of things happening, there is right. still going to be randomness. Like you still yep. draw an attack, and the attack is random you don't really know at some points in the game what that's going to be. Sometimes you'll know hundred yeah. percent if you're paying careful attention and then other times you just won't. Yeah. I guess that's another thing that was different about the in-person play as opposed to playing on TTS. We had absolutely no idea like what it, things are much easier to count and manage in TTS. When we're playing in person. I wasn't oh, even yeah. thinking about like what is available in the event in the event deck. Cause I was too busy talking to people. And like right. making sure we're not knocking the board yeah. over, and not <laughs> right. like coaster rings. Like take take your glass off of the side of the like it's touching the thing. It's gonna get you know. It's gonna get that, that type yeah. of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, and just That's like funny. hey, like everyone want to take a quick break. There's just so much. There's so much more to deal with overhead wise in person. Yeah. That we weren't like. We, I don't think anybody could fully map out all the probabilities for everything like you can do in a in a digital environment. Yeah. Also, yeah. we're drinking. We're at a bar, <laughs> well, and we're sure, at yeah. a game shop at the bar. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like you know, a little bit, you know. So having fun, yeah, yeah. We're having a great time. I mean, a lot of my um, teaching games, I haven't even played the game. I've just literally been like managing the board game and basically being like the DM, essentially. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was. Yeah, I was about to say like to answer. I think my answer to the question "Should everyone play this?" is a counter question, which is "Should everyone do D and I think the answer is the same to both of those questions so maybe we could say like if you like D, then you'll probably like nemesis and if you look at D and you're like no way then you'll probably look at something like nemesis and also be like no way because it cool. feel they feel as adjacent as i think a game can feel that's really? not a true D. Yeah. i'll put to your counterpoint in this world where Uh-oh. everyone no, should or should not play Nemesis. Are you saying it's mandatory for people to play Nemesis? Or <laughs> I feel like with board games itself, if someone's interested in something, they should pursue it, and if they're not interested in something, they shouldn't pursue it. I think they shouldn't pursue it. Yeah. Yeah, the thing that's that, that's where 
how I, I, would, I would see it basically like if you want to play Nemesis play Nemesis if you don't want to play Nemesis don't worry about it it's fine then don't worry about it yeah. yeah 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 it is it is very popular among our group and we've gotten more and more people into it and most of the people There's who play with us have that. come back to play it again yeah that that's saying something. something yeah I was about to say like it's not it's not like because I was just asking that beforehand, right? Like we just had some new people play and like teaching the game to newer and newer people, and it seems like for the most part, every time we teach or we every time y'all teach someone new, they were like, "Yeah, okay, I want to, I want to play again." And I said the same thing when I first learned. I was like, "Yeah, I want to keep playing. I want to see what's here," you know. And I mean, that's a pretty good retention rate, you know. Yeah, I have like a little squad though going there, so I'm quite jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have so many people. This in case people don't know our server, Nemesis has taken over our server, and some people are very mad about that, and it's very very funny. Like we, funny. we got we got cultural victory about a year yeah. ago. People were like, "Why doesn't anybody play Root anymore?" Because everyone's playing Nemesis, and it was kind of like a little back and forth, and yeah, some, it was some hurt feelings, and it's it all in good fun, good humor, right? And all that. Yeah, and <laughs> like it just kept going to the point where nemesis is now the most played game on that server i'm pretty sure i think it is uh, by far yeah yeah, yeah. cultural kind of cultural victory we won yep and <laughs> there's about a half dozen people that kind of like side eye it and say i don't like that game but everyone else does seemingly um yeah to, i guess everyone your, likes the narrative you know yeah or they like the mechanics there's a lot there's just a lot here and it has a lot of replayability so i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to your previous comment about D. yeah I don't want to play D and D. Oh, really? No, not at all. But so it, even the root RPG, which is kind of similar, that's not D and D. And this is me being a pedantic, pedantic asshole. Oh, bring uh, it. Okay, because I have so, no, I don't understand why they're different. So, so D and D is like is umbrella term for tabletop adventure games, right? Where right. you have a DM and you own an adventure and you do something. So D and D specifically is not very good, in my opinion. I don't know if I agree with that. The, <laughs> Armchair, <all> the, baby. <laughs> yeah, like if you're playing 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons, it's there are better systems out there. So I'm not going to play that one, but I will play other systems. Right. Like the Root RPG, which is set in the universe of uh, Root the Board game that we all know and love. Right. Uh, that brought us all together in the first place. Yep. Yeah. The original reason why I got into Root it was to play the Rudy RPG that hadn't come out yet. Yeah, I remember like, saying oh. that, yeah. J JC was like, oh, there's a board game. You want to play the board game? I'm like, sure. Yeah. We played one-on-one -on -one a couple times, and then the rest is history. Yep. And <laughs> I don't think I love the Rudy RPG. I've played it five or six sessions, and it's yeah. good. But okay. I don't think it is my game the way Nemesis is my game. And they scratch different itches for me. Ooh, yeah, like what, what, just, what specifically? Because I'm interested in this. Just in general, D&D style games are just wide open. And you know right. my thoughts on wide open games. Uh, yeah, the open world RPG, yep. <laughs> yeah, so when you can do anything, it feels to me like I can't do anything because I don't know what to do. And yeah. that's the overwhelming feeling I get from playing those games. And I've played the Root RPG and I've played, played and DM'd uh, Dungeon World before. Okay. And it was always the same thing. Um, I can do lots of stuff, and it's all pretty cool, but nothings it's not clicking for me in the way that other games click for me. Okay. It's fine fun, and it's great, and if you're playing with a good group of people, it's wonderful, wonderful experience. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing, though. I, I right. think my thing with, like, tabletop RPGs is, is it got, you know, uh, it's the width of an ocean, but, like, a, the depth of a puddle, I find. Yes. Ah. Uh... 
Yeah. So all, a lot of this, a lot of this can be made better and worse by like how far into the campaign that you are and whether your DM is like just starting out and getting used to the, getting used to the format you're playing it with, or they've been running it for years and they have a lot of experience and just you as a player, you're not going to know what to do the first few times you play it. So right. there's like mm-hmm. kind of a huge learning curve there. Same with Nemesis, kind of a huge learning curve. But at least with Nemesis, there's like guardrails. Like there are certain things that you're allowed to do. And on any given turn, you have six options and exactly six options. Yeah, and you can the, count you're them limited. And figure it out. Yeah. If on, on a tabletop RPG, you can kind of like, what are you going to do? You're going to run away. How are you going to run away? What direction are you going to run away? You're going to take yeah. anybody with you. Like yeah. the, the playground is all in your mind. Like everything is possible. And I freeze up whenever that happens because I don't know what to do. Ah, uh, okay. At, at least with it, it's it's a me thing. Like I, I need I need structure when I'm playing games. Well, Why don't the games that. even like go way too much openness? <laughs> like it's very open. Yeah. yeah, it's like the open world two player. Yeah, like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like point me in a direction, and tell me to go somewhere. Otherwise, I'm just gonna sit there confused. And at least Nemesis gives you stuff to do. It tells you what to do. You have an objective. You need to be able to survive too. And there's a couple things. Need to make sure the ship's going to Earth or Mars if you need to get to Mars, and you fix the engines. At least those are things that are like direct, like the game's pointing you to those two places. Right, and on, along the way, you want to find the rooms that matter. Like, yeah, yeah. and you want to gear RPG, up. And do does, don't you have like yeah. a mission goal to get to? No, not not the way we're playing it. Have you ever played it? Oh. Did you have this in your session? I've never played it myself. No, but normally, like, so if you're playing like you know D and D, they'd be like, oh, go and kill Parfamax, the dragon underneath the caves, and then you'd have, like, sort of a play-play bay, like, you'd go to one place and another place and another place, and it'll be all sort of, like, predetermined, but what you do in that sort of, you know, sandbox might affect what happens in the next sandbox, basically. So that's what how I normally see sort of these, like, Total RPGs playing. But does, uh, does the root RPG have, like, a different sort of game flow to it, exactly? No, it's like that. So... The first session we did, we, we showed up in a we showed up in a clearing, and there were cat warriors, woodland alliance, Ooh. and the oh, uh, the denizens of the woodland, and okay. they all had different goals. The cats were trying to like defend a fort and have a garrison. Woodland alliance is trying to revolt and take over the cats. The denizens just don't want to die, and there's like different players. There's different people you can go to talk to. We talked to. And then we had to pick a side. Or we would have just left too, and then that happens oh. off screen, and we go to a different clearing, and then maybe later we can come back and see what happened, or we can just just like directly interfere in in what they're doing, try to get paid, etc. Um, so it's literally so we, like you're playing an RPG like video game. It's yeah. like I could choose to interact yeah. with this part of the story, or I could just be like fuck off and leave and do something different. Yeah. So we did that, and we didn't get paid. And it was very annoying. <laughs> we left and we're poor and we're, we're beat up and we go to a different clearing. We talk to this guy and I'm completely unimpressed. And I just say, let's dip, let him do whatever he's going to do. Let's go on to the next clearing. And JC who's running the game is like, his jaws like on the floor. He thought, <laughs> like he had this whole thing set up and he was ready to run this thing. He thought we we're going to follow the guy. And we just didn't. We left. That's um, funny. See, yeah. like that kind of, yeah, I think that's but, so I think, I think that's part of what my hangup is with games that are like narrative driven. It's like, what if you just say fuck off on the narrative? Like it kind of breaks it, you know? Yeah. 
like it, it's it's um I, I guess for 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 tabletop D and D style games, yeah, what is winning in that game. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I, you, I don't, you don't know. You don't really play those games to win, but I think, to, going yeah. back to your point of breaking those games, once you break the game, you sort of uh, become unattached to the narrative. You sort of realise that actually, like, oh, well, am I really invested in this narrative? Or am I just like here to like mess around and drink beer? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good point too, right? Yeah. Like, why are you breaking it necessarily, I guess? Yeah. yeah. I got like, I just... Like in a game like Nemesis, maybe or in a game like I haven't done an RPG like this, but we're doing the Jaws of the Lion, right? And like in yeah. those sort of scenarios where I'm like, all right, I'm thinking about like the sort of long term, like maybe character that I want to build and the the type of person I wanted to be or whatever. Like I don't know, like that sort of like long term story isn't necessarily something that I typically, on average, this is obviously not the case always, want to do when I'm sitting down to a thing. I think I'm more interested in like a if we're going to compare it to like Cormac McCarthy, I'm interested in like a short story. Like I want to sit down and read the short story in that window of time. And then the next time I come, I want a new short story. Maybe it's the same author, but it's a well, new uh, story in and of itself. It's not like well, a continuation are, of the one I already did. A hard Ellison fan are you then basically? Is that what you're <laughs> maybe, maybe so. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I don't, I don't know that I want to put in like, Nemesis, like Nemesis time, for lack of a better word, in a a story, a single narrative where like there's a chance that I could just not even get anywhere close to succeeding in my thing I'm trying to do. Like I like I don't know. I I think I need to play it more, but like for me, just like as a as a game person who's interested in games and when I sit down to play games, I think I'm like that type of thing doesn't appeal to me as much. Now I still like the game and I still am interested in playing it. But now I can't tell if that's because I want to hang out with my friends or if it's because I actually like it. And I yeah. and I don't know how to tell the difference now, you know? <laughs> there is actually a legacy module to Nemesis, which never gets brought up because no one ever plays it because it's kind of bad. Yeah. I don't know right. if, yeah. if you guys have played it yourselves, but... <laughs> no, I have not. There's a lot of little modules and like I have a whole list of the modules over here, but that, that's not even on there because I didn't even know that existed. Probably because it's bad and no one told me about it. Um, yeah, ooh, it's, it's uh, so there's with the aftermath, yeah, uh, expansion. There's a little comic book, and it's sort of like a choose your own adventure, basically. And we give you these sort of scenarios that you have to do. Uh, I've only ever tried doing the lockdown one, and literally mm-hmm. the first mission is you you just put out fires in the base. And that's literally it. You spend hmm. a whole hour putting out fires and <laughs> fixing up the base, and it's just. It's not Nemesis. I don't know what they were yeah. thinking. Yeah, it's not. A lot of these, a lot of the modules, and what is what is Nemesis? Um, Nemesis is a lot of things. A lot of the a lot of the modules, and I guess this is a good enough time as any to talk about the modules. Part of what makes Nemesis so great is that it's not the same game over and over again. So mm-hmm. you have tons of replayability because in base Nemesis there are three different types of aliens. If you're not feeling like playing the regular intruders, you can play carnomorphs, which are uh, the thing or dead space, or you can play void seeders, which are event horizon, which I just watched uh, a few weeks ago. Oh the shit. Really? Service that I have. Yeah. Great. 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 Still holds up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's, I've talked to a few people that said they didn't like it on, on like it didn't hold up. Well, I thought it held up fine. It's 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 late nineties. It's it's good. I mean, it's just <laughs> not a classic, but like it's still yeah. a fun film. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. good. It's it's not it's not the best, <laughs> but it's um 
that's why I like Void Suitors because I saw that that film a long time ah. ago. Like, it was really cool to like young me, and I still think it's pretty cool. And that's also why Void Suitors is my favorite Alien because I really like the movie, even Very though it's nice. not the best movie. So you have all that stuff, and then you have just like a whole bunch of little things that give the game flavor. Like you have feats and achievements in the crawl deck, which I like kind of lumped together. And these mm-hmm. are just extra things. Like you get a bonus if you do an action in a certain room or you're the first person to send the signal or you do the first research, you get a little thing that gives you a bonus. And that's kind of cool. They have the crawl deck, which is completely busted. You shouldn't play with the crawl deck, but it makes <laughs> movement easier. And that's pretty cool too. Yeah. And then there's alternative characters. Like the regular characters are all the sci-fi tropes. You got their grizzled soldier and the captain with the cigar in his mouth and the old timey six shooter. Mm-hmm. And you got the scientist in a wheelchair uh, who's, who's really, really good at utility. And, mm-hmm. you know, the scout who is really good at uh, maneuvering around and mitigating, uh, getting yourself in trouble, getting lots of items. And then you have a whole six more characters. Like you get a medic, you get the actual CEO of the company that the <laughs> ship belongs to. You can play a classic old man that has a, uh, I forget what, it, this might sound very familiar to people who know the alien franchise better than me, but this is straight out of one of the alien films, like the CEO or the zero percent win chance guy yeah yeah um <laughs> yeah the ceo of the corporation who just shows up randomly he's in there too and he's got a robot like, that carries him i know he's played like guy pierce yeah in uh prometheus but i don't know who, yeah who the in prometheus <laughs> yeah i always forget the name of prometheus I've, I've brought this up a few times and i can never think of prometheus but it's that guy essentially uh he's he's in uh he's in base nemesis and then you've got like the bounty hunter and the convict and that's straight out of um pitch black uh where you can play mm. as vin diesel it's really good and yeah. like 12 playable characters or i guess 11 and the ceo because the ceo is really bad yeah and then there's an alternative board there's two different maps you can play on mm-hmm. yeah and then there's solo mode you can play this game alone if you want to there's rules for that and co-op mode where you don't have to hurt each other can i just say so and there's other... somebody there's other six characters though are extremely hard to get a hold of though in real life though Oof. yeah yeah mm-hmm. So like you can you can do some some tricky print and play stuff, uh, <laughs> or you can play on TTS. Yeah, and yeah. that would be that. That's a whole nother conversation. Awaken Realms stuff that we'll get to in a second. You can also, as we mentioned earlier, play Aftermath, which is like a another little after you finish the game, the ship survives. You can play six more rounds with a different set of characters, uh, which is those characters that I just mentioned. Right, and there's even a play the alien mode. If you really, really want to, uh, you died. <laughs> One of your teammates killed you. You can play, like, you can take over for the aliens. There's a deck for that. You draw, you draw up a hand, and you get to move the aliens around the board, kind of. Oh, and bro, I want to do that. That sounds sweet. Oh, it's, hell yeah. It's, yeah, it's no not that. good. No. It oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. sounds like it would be. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it sounds like it's really cool. And then we played it one time, and just, like, we played it on Carnomorphs, and it was really bad. Like, it wasn't oh. balanced correctly for Carnomorphs. Maybe yeah. it's better for the regular intruders. I don't know. I mean... It's fine. You don't need to play it. it the mechanic it's, didn't but it's there. to the sequel, so... I mean, that that basically tells yeah. you all, 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 basically, yeah. The feet deck and the crawl deck, is that a TTS thing or an actual... That's an actual thing, I think. Okay. That's what oh, somebody told me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I didn't actually check to that. see if it's an actual thing. Um, I've actually seen the crawl deck in real life. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was. Maybe we've been accidentally playing with fan content this whole time. The mod we play on, the official one that's on the TTS store, 
um, that is made by a guy has fan content in it. Yeah. Uh, but I was under the impression that that was actually official content that that got printed as an expansion. It's fun enough either way. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Oh, the promo cards. Oh, Uh, yes. That we thought, I I remember this. We played with someone and we're like, Oh, all this stuff is fan content. And I think it might've been Fugless. And Fug was like, no, those are official. And he probably said they were (laughs) promo cards. So we just started playing with them. Uh, Some of the fan stuff is like not very good. And some of them, it's like fine, just different, but those are actually official. So you can't play with them. On TTS, or if you can get a hold of them somehow, some way. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. I mean, yeah. Alpha Math is like, what, like, quadruple the price it was on launch. I don't know how much these these uh, Craw Deck and the Defeat cards are going to be, because I mean, if, if there was like a one time print, it's they're not going to be easy to get a hold of. Like, I never knew these. No. I thought these were, the, these were fan content, but they actually are. Legit. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. All right, good enough time to talk about this as any time. <laughs> Kickstarter exclusives and single oh, prints. Oh, yeah, here we go. So yeah. this is this game's made by Awakened Realms, and it's probably the biggest problem I have with this game. They're, they do Kickstarter exclusives. And yeah. Nemesis, the original Nemesis, was uh, kickstarted, got like $3 million in funding, and hit a bunch of stretch goals. That's what a lot of this stuff that I just mentioned, like Aftermath, was. Mm-hmm. But it was a limited run and Kickstarter exclusive, which is so bad. It makes it makes the secondary market exist for games like this if you never reprint a lot of this stuff. So right. if you wanted to actually play as a meta character, good luck. Go on eBay and pay $400 for it. That uh, sucks. Ugh. Or print it out. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of anti-consumer and kind of nasty. Yeah, it sounds but like shit. that is their business model. And you can still play. You can still go to your friendly local board game shop and pick up you know the giant nemesis box the base nemesis yeah yeah the base nemesis you can play with all the regular stuff it has everything you need to play with things and then there's that you can pick up the carnomorphs expansion the voice theater expansion for 50 bucks and it's all there but some stuff if you wanted to get the full experience is going to be missing or very very difficult to find yeah and that's not great that being said the game is still very very playable if you if you get that stuff, it's still totally, totally usable. Yeah, yeah. The best part, the best way to play this game, unfortunately, might be on TTS, which is kind of... Kind That's of interesting. A, yeah, yeah, like, I, I don't know that there is a single game that is so much better to play on TTS than, than in real life as this game. Like, this is probably number one. Can you guys think of any other game that works better on TTS than this one does? That is a crazy interesting question. Twilight Imperium, Imperium, you think so? Because it's so fucking huge. I I, I, I think any game that is just fucking ginormous, you play on TDS because, again, it's it's all compact. You you don't have to do a lot of upkeep. Uh, Upkeep's automated. Yeah. I I do like the automated stuff. Yeah, like Dune Imperium, for example, that mod. um, I know that they're coming out with Dune Uprising and stuff, and that's going to be a whole thing sooner, or it's already out or whatever, but I I really like um, that you can like play Dune Imperium really quick uh, in that way because like it's so automated and all of the upkeep runs so smoothly that all you really have to do is like place your agent, click get, hit next, and then like draw your cards. Like because the game, I don't I I I really like the game upkeep of a lot of games, right? Like oh you're doing this and you're like managing and organizing these pieces and stuff and like kind of 
it kind of helps me anyway, like get into the game a little bit when you're like kind of managing it yourself and like organizing yourself. Mm-hmm. But I do really like the smoothness of ones that have a lot of things. Like, I don't think I ever would have expected Nemesis to even be a game I would play in real life until I went to Rukon and y'all had a copy, right? Because like when I played it online, I was like, oh, okay, like I'll, I'll be playing it like this. Like, there's no way I'm ever going to sit down and set all this shit up. A, because I'll never learn how to set it all up. And B, like, it's so much. Yeah, like, the upkeep and the overhead. Like, a a person can just sit and not play the game and still have fun managing how the game systems are. Like, that's... (laughs) Yeah, we... We yeah. we do we sometimes just do that on TTS because that is enough of a step by itself. We've had yeah. six people and we're like, anybody want to sit out? And then JC usually will say, I will just run the game and be happy because he's a demon. And y'all play. And yeah. then everyone else plays. And that that works. Doing that in person, it, it would work even better for just one person to be handling all the stuff and not everybody get hands yeah. bumping into each other and like, did you roll for this? No. Like having one dedicated person to to manage everything would actually be really, really good. Yeah. But yeah, point taken about um, Twilight Imperium, you said. Yeah, yeah, I've not I've not played that, but that is also a monster. And I know that's a monster. Yep. Same. Also, funny that you've said the thing about, about Dune. Um, we just played a game, because that just came out, the, the yes. sequel game. Yep. Uh, Retaliation? Uprising. Uprising. Yeah, Uprising. It's Nemesis re- Retaliation. Yeah, um, but it's okay. next Nemesis game. So, <laughs> Uprising, Dune Uprising. We just played that, and it's not scripted yet. Um, yeah, and people are like, very, oh. <laughs> very basic, and it's like, oh my god, there's so much so much scripting that you don't realize is scripted until you actually have to do it manually, yep. Uh, yep. and then you forget about things. It's, <laughs> TTS is really nice. TTS is good. Yeah. It's uh, interesting, yeah. Playing, like, I was going to ask you guys this, like, what's the best way to play this game? Like, is it the best? It, like, do you fudge it? Do you play co-op? Do you mm-hmm. like? You know what I mean? And maybe so, the answer is TTS. Like, maybe it's like yeah, digitally. It's so you like, can... <laughs> it's it's actually for 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 Nemesis. It's online. It's TTS. Yeah, that's it, interesting. It's just not it's just not manageable to play as many games as we have played. Like, if I had to play this online or or in person only, I would have never been able to get as many games <laughs> as right. As I yeah, have, uh, too much of a bear. Uh, yeah, TTS. I, like, I, I actually I prefer playing it. Yeah. Uh, over the table, though, to be fair, myself. So, oh? how many times do you think you've played it in person? Oh, it's actually my most played board game. So, on, oh. on the table, so, so about that's pretty 15, cool. 15, 20 times. That's pretty I'm good, actually. Down to play it, so more. like, yeah, like, I would love to it, play it more because it's such yeah. an event. Just having all the pieces yeah. on the table, like it just looks nice. I, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it, it's definitely like a crowd drawer. So that's why I have it in my collection anyway. Uh. Damn. Yeah, All right. if I had a in-person group to play it with, uh, we would play it more. Um, the person who brought it to Rukon, uh, he's only in Chicago, unfortunately. So uh, maybe we'll have him Far. on at some point. Rehab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rehab should be on for for something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he's he's also another person who is catastrophically busy all the time. So yeah, if the schedules yeah. line up, it'd be fun. The stars align. Since we're shitting on this game. Shit are we is game. that what we're doing okay a uh, little bit a little bit uh <laughs> the the goddamn rule book the oh rule yeah book we need is to like about it's, its own category about things that are bad about this game it's not that bad but i mean it's not anybody's fault per se but this is probably uh, the biggest gulf between how good a game is and how bad the rule book is for me like I, I absolutely love this game and i absolutely hate the rule book 
Um, yeah, so... I think Awaken Realms have an issue where they all like have like a first edition of the board game. The rules would be like unusable, and then in the second edition of that <laughs> of a board game, they'll reprint the rules out so it makes more sense that it's all grammatically correct. So they've done that before with Ether Fields, where that first rule book mm-hmm. was just horrible to read and play. So they changed it in the second edition. And I think they also did it with the, uh, this War of Mine as well. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. not like there was this, this uh, patient zero or like a sort of uh, the only yeah, one. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, the only one. It, there, there's a uh, happens a lot with that that company, unfortunately. Yeah, mm-hmm. built-in problems. Uh, it is a Polish company, and it definitely feels like a lot of the rules were translated. Like they're written in another language oh. and they're translated to English. So the grammar is just not there, which leads to a lot of potential um, double meanings of phrases or just general not like unclarity of of what something is supposed to mean. Yeah, that's tricky for a game that's this complicated. Like, uh, when do I do this exactly? Well, it doesn't exactly say. Yeah. Well, that matters because like I could be dead otherwise. Yeah, so then you, and you look up, okay, what's the rules for noise? What are the rules for noise rolls? And you open up to the noise rolls page, and it's like, oh, this doesn't actually address my question. Then you thumb right, through yeah. the, the page, and it's like, oh, this is all the way over, like, five pages deeper over here in this random section. Like, not only is the grammar not great, like, the just the way the rule book is structured is not logical at all. You'll have right. random little tidbits in the corner that apply to something that is not even supposed to be there. Like, that should logically be next to something else, because those rules would happen together. It's just like a lot of lack of foresight about how they put this thing together to make it readable. Right. And then, yeah, and then add that to the the fact that the rules are not very clear. And then add that to the fact that as a company, they don't have, they don't seem to have a, a, their overall thought process is we're going to throw the product out there and then give general rules and then just let players do whatever they want. And that may or may not work for your game group because I want to know what they intended. And generally speaking, when you have a question, you go to the internet and their general rule is if you have a question about something, do whatever is worse for the player. And that's pretty funny because the game is supposed to be hard. That is pretty funny, yeah. But that's like it. Like there's no clarification beyond that. So what about something that does not hurt the player and we just don't want to know where the noise goes in this particular situation or what happens? Uh, what if the thing that they're talking about is not particularly fair or does not seem to be right? Or it, you, you go on the Awaken Realms forums or you go on BoardGameGeek and you find someone who works there that has a little tag next to their name and they say something about, you know, noise roll here means this. And then you keep going yeah, yeah. and you see somebody else that also works there. The house has a tag, say something the exact opposite. We've had that happen. <laughs> yeah. Where two employees have classic. said something different because they, they, they misunderstand between each other. Like, this is the thing that happens a lot. When you play this game for the first time, it is almost necessary. I don't want to say it's like, and this is impossible to do for everybody, but it really, really helps to play with someone who's played a lot before. Who's, yeah. Yeah. It, it really, really helps with this game because there's going to be so many rules questions and you're going to get so mucked up trying to deal with the rule book, search for the rulings for things, finding outdated rulings where they change their mind about how things work. It's a mess. We still have this. We have played this game so much, and we still have questions. We came up... Sal, are you a rules lawyer? Uh Uh-oh. Really, no. I just sort of, like, make up my rules if I don't know the rule. So, yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) I'm going to throw out a a situation for you, and we'll see what what you think. 
Ooh, uh, this is fun. So we're playing Void Seeders. Void Seeders are the oh. aliens that are not actually real. They're figments of our imagination. I do like those the best. I tried to get into an escape pot. I pull something out of the bag, and that means rules as written, if there's an alien in the room at any point, I do not get into the escape pot. So right, right. I don't pull an, I pull an encounter, and the encounter is uh, an, an insanity event, insanity token, which means I have to pull a card from a deck and do the effect. Noise goes back everywhere. No alien. I draw a malfunction or damage, that card, that breaks mm-hmm. the room. So it just says your character breaks the room that they're in. That was your encounter. Okay. Can okay. I still get into the escape pod? I would say no, but by the way, you're phrasing this question, it's not like you can't get into it, right? Um, we don't know. We, we I... could not come oh, to it. We couldn't agree okay. on it, and nobody else can agree on it either, because there's such a specific question and such a specific answer that we had no, we had no answer. Uh, so it, this is a good thought experiment, though. So if you if you break a room, the rules say that, that you mean? can't use the room action, right? Yes. However, I already used the room action before you started. Before I actually broke it, like I. So used you use the room action, and then you trigger the event, and then you resolve the event, and then if there's no aliens, you complete the action, right? Yeah. So it depends on what the timing window for when the malfunction hits, and if it even matters. So yeah. my argument was, I already hit the button. And narratively speaking, I just You're already on your way crazy in. and I broke I broke the machine on the <laughs> on way your out, but the door <laughs> right. yeah, but the door is already open. I can still get into it. Right. It doesn't it's... launch right away. Uh, I'd have to get into it first and then close it and I can launch it from there. Uh, so JC, our resident ro- rules lawyer, said no, it's all part of the same step. Since you broke it, you can't complete the action because you can't use rooms that are broken. So does that mean it just gets interrupted or it gets canceled? We don't know. Because, like, like, I can't go into, a, like, a room where it says send the signal and then do the send the signal action unless it's fixed. So I can't go in there yeah. and pretend to do it and then just I just lose the cards. Like, I would get those back and I would get to do something different. Yes, if the malfunction was already there because it's an illegal action. Right, but yeah. I, I took the action. It was legal. Uh, so that just means I spend the cards and I don't get in. I just oh, God. <laughs> so this is the exact type of thing I'm talking about. Uh, this will happen to everyone who's listening. This will happen to you if you play Nemesis. Something right. weird like that will happen, and you'll look up the rule book, and you will disagree you. with other people because it won't be clear <laughs> what exactly it is for this specific interaction, um, what is correct. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't find the answer. Um, so, yeah, that's, that is something that is built into this game. The, the rules are very bad. Yeah. Our general... It, if, if we have gone through the, all of these lengths and we come to an impasse, our table has decided that we go with what narratively makes sense. And even in that situation, it didn't narratively make sense because you can argue it both ways. So another yeah, so fun in that case, one, it would be worse for the player then. So that means you wouldn't get in. Yeah, so worse for the player means I don't get in. But I, right. I think for my game, successfully argued that you can't, you, you, we can get in. Okay. Um, but I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I, I play so many games that all of these things just have kind of run together. Yeah. I was about to say it's like bleeding together. Conflate, conflate with each other. Uh, oh, another fun example of this is uh, doing things rules as written versus things that narratively don't make sense. So let's say another hypothetical second one, last one promise. All right. All right. You're in a room. There's a, you're, you, all the doors are closed. A larva spawns. Oof. Larva's on you doesn't hit you doesn't infest you but it's there one hit point of damage mm-hmm. someone fire controls the larva away from you does it break the door 
Oh, LOL. <laughs> uh, no. Rule, rules as written, it breaks the door. I was about to say, I think it does, right? Because it's, it's supposed to hit the door and break intruder. it. Yeah. Yes. The rules just say, I think, don't quote me on this. I mean, I'm actually not 100%. You can't right. probably find it either way. <laughs> it's, it counts as an intruder, and it's an overarching rule. When an intruder runs away and it runs in the door, it breaks the door. But that doesn't make sense because the larva is tiny. It shouldn't be able to, to, break, a to door. break a door. Yeah, no. But I think it still breaks the door, rules as written. But we choose not to. I think our table rules, we choose not to have the larva break the door. And this like, is one of those yeah. random small interactions that just shouldn't happen very often. But somehow, in a game this complex, these little tiny things just happen at the same time, if you play enough. And you run into these funny situations. So that's also built in. And we have table rules. We have, like, I made a little TTS object that has our house rules on it. Yeah, yeah. Including, uh, you can reload flamethrowers in combat. And uh, we don't use eclosion. Eclosion is an instant kill event card. And we've had enough people die instantly to that very early that we just decided we're not going to play with it anymore. It's not as fun, yeah. Yeah, so we just use the lockdown version because it's better, and it just gives you a chance to die instead of actually dying. I like a, yeah. Uh, that's one of the interesting, okay. That is interesting. Yeah, so that's, that's one of the things that we play. And it just makes the game, you know, even out a little bit. Yeah. And this is, this is another thing where, peop- where people might argue that Lockdown is better than regular Nemesis because it fixed a lot of these little issues around the edges. Um, and that's totally fine. We're going to take, we, we just like lifted one of the, the sequel games mechanics and just Im- imported it into the, sure, into yeah. the regular game just because it works better. And if you do play this at home, you're going to probably end up doing this for maybe the same things, maybe the different things. It's really just about vibes. And making sure everyone has a good time. Yeah, which is that's, like, that's kind of what you said, right? The story and the narrative and the yeah. vibe is kind of the point, not the winning and the losing and the, yeah. Yeah, M- making sure the game is as fair as it can be while also, you know, trying to honor what the rules are actually supposed to be telling right. you to do is a good right. thing. Yeah. Interesting. Right. I'm, I'm curious about something. I think it's the last thing I had sure. that I was just genuinely curious about for you guys before we get into like whatever else you have next. So I want to ask about for you guys the uh agency that exists in games in general and how that compares to what you feel when you're playing this game because for me i really like when you're like either role playing or in some sort of like fantastical thing or whatever i really want to feel like powerful i think is the word i want to use like not overpowered but like i want to feel like i'm making decisions and doing actions that like have a consequence that is satisfying and that is um strong and powerful right like if i'm playing jaws of the lion i want my rocket boy to like blow up a wall and like you know do a lot of like heavy splash damage and like kill one and what like you know what i mean like as opposed to like i swing and i miss whoops and then i just get hit in the face and die like i think i'm curious because it feels like when i play nemesis i have little to no agency like i've had so many turns where i've had a, a handful of cards I, the captain gives me a speech i've got an extra card in my hand and i all i do for my whole turn is like search the room get like a med pack or, or whatever i move to a friend and then it goes goes back around and comes back to me and i play two more cards and i search that room and then like maybe i explore a new room and i like roll a noise roll and then like that's the whole that's my whole turn so it's like I literally just like picked up a med pack and like an ammo clip. And then like, that's the whole turn. 
And I like, it just seems so anticlimactic and so like lack of that feeling that I think mm. I'm looking for on average. I'm curious if that's because I haven't played enough. Like even when I shoot and kill an alien, I'm just like, I don't know, like it doesn't feel like, uh, in like vigor. I don't feel like, ah, like I'm a, some sort of, you know, strong character. Cause I feel like this game makes me want to think about it in a narrative way. Like if I'm playing root, I don't require that. Cause that's not what the game is designed for right but this game it's like okay the narrative the story like you guys have said and usually i'm that's what i'm seeking i'm curious if that's far off for you guys too or or not you really don't get excited killing aliens i don't know like i've only ever done it a handful of times but as you've told me many times this is not a killing aliens game this is a survival game like you're not the game doesn't incentivize you to kill them you're supposed to run away from them and try and survive Right. Yeah. So like, and then sometimes you actually have to shoot them and kill them. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I've killed like maybe two or three total, and I'm just like, okay, that was like mostly. I'm just like, okay, thank goodness. Now I gotta like move one space over. I don't know. Like, it doesn't. It, it feels anticlimactic, I guess, because then another one's gonna spawn. Like, I'm gonna move, and then the same one is gonna come right back again. So it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I think about this in terms of I, I I'm I'm doing the thing again where I'm thinking broader picture. I think yeah, that's yeah. really cool because I also know what the numbers are. Like, right. I'm in danger right now if an adult spawns on me. If I can kill him, that's awesome. Because it likely means that I'm not surrounded by noise anymore. I'm going to be safe for the next two rounds, give or take. And that's okay. pretty cool. It's something I don't have to worry about. Right. Or just, like, successfully being able to get away. Have you ever have you ever found yourself up against two or three aliens at the same time? Or, yes. like, been surrounded? Yeah. And you're like, I have to get, I have to squeeze out of this situation. You gotta get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, then you run away and you take some damage and then you get to safety. Maybe that's not cool. Like that's not narrative. That's no, that's, it's, uh... it's definitely narrative. I just don't know if it feels like, I, I guess the amount of agency that I would expect to have and the amount that I have feels like there's a disconnect. Like, I guess in a game like that, I want to feel like I can do a lot and it's often feels like I can't do anything. Yeah, that's that's built into this game. You do yeah. not have enough time to do everything you want in this game. You are or very, really anything. Very limited. Yeah. yeah. You you the game is designed specifically so that if you're playing with lots of people, you can't do everything yourself. Right. Like you you can't check the coordinates, check all the engines, do your objective, and then do some extra research on the side. There's not enough time to do all of those things and get geared out <laughs> and right. kill an alien queen or whatever you need to do. Uh so you have to kind of pick and choose. Like you have a total of, let's say, like twelve five, turns, maybe five actions for uh, on average, uh, let's say 10, 11 turns. Yeah, let's say ten turns. So that's fifty actions. A total of fifty actions, and half of those are going to be moving. <laughs> right. Yeah, or maybe like a third of them. Between a third, like forty percent. It often it feels like a half right. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that is what the game is. It is, it is moving around carefully, shooting when you need to, and conserving your action economy and using the kit that your character has that they're very... Um, uh, I could, like they're, they're equipped for. to like, succeed yeah. with, right? Yeah. For, yeah, for whatever that they do well to get what you need done done. And that mm-hmm. is the neat mechanical part of this game. That is a good way to think about it. Yeah, I... I guess I I want to like have everybody be able to do all of that and then like fuck each other up along the way. But I see what you're saying though. Yeah, I guess that that might be part of why I don't necessarily find this game as like juicy and interesting narratively because like 
the narrative, the play-by-play narrative to me often feels very, like, unintriguing. Like, the long-term feels cool, but, like, the the day-to-day actions feel yes. like, like so, action, so many action, turns man, i've been like man. i move i move and then i hold two cards because i want the larva to kill me or like i search the storage unit because i need this certain thing once and then i like i have to get rid of one contamination card and then i keep two like yeah. I, like a whole round of the game is i literally take one action and then like sometimes i that happens and i'm just like oh that feels so I don't think boring is the word, but it doesn't feel as narratively More exciting, exciting to as do. some of yeah. them. Yeah, it doesn't seem that exciting compared to what's happening in the game. It's like, hey, these aliens are trying to kill you. And it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to pass my turn, I guess. <laughs> you know? That's not <laughs> even the half of it. We just yeah. played a game with Lorenz where we told him he should pass with five cards twice. Yeah. Twice like, <laughs> like what that's the correct that? play. <laughs> um, because he was sitting with a gun without ammo because uh, he ran out of ammo and he's sitting in he's sitting in cryo waiting to get in right at it as it opened on turn eight and something spawned on him and he's taken a lot of damage mm-hmm. so it didn't hit him he's just hanging out with an alien and we're all two rooms away so we say pass with five because if you run away you're gonna die good chance we counted it because like, they'll attack a, you on the way out yeah it, yeah it'll attack you on the way out so there's like a 30 percent chance you just die or you can wait and we can like walk over there and try to like deal with it. Get the fire control, get the alien out of there, walk over and shoot it. And he passed with five. Like literally, his turn, pass. He did nothing oh for the entire round. Ugh. And then the yeah. same thing happened the next round. And we told him again, pass, because you're gonna die if you don't. And sometimes and that's the correct play again. Right. And he eventually got in after listening to us, but he would have died. He actually would have died on the second one. The next card was a bite, and he would have he would have died. Right oh away. yeah, so it's a good thing he and, passed, right? Yeah, it's a good thing he passed on the second one. The first one he actually would have been okay though. Those are those are like interesting narrative decisions, I think. Like that is yeah, that is cool in hindsight, but like the play by play of doing yeah, it well, though feels happening. so boring. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I, yeah, I, I think I think you have a good point. A lot of the narrative that I think about in this game, it's like as you're reading a story and you don't know how it ends, it's hard mm-hmm. to be excited about that. It's 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 way more exciting to look at the the narrative as the whole picture. Like right. I can tell you the coolest games of Nemesis that I ever played, but I have to tell you it from the beginning to the end. Like I right. can't just say this thing happened; and it was awesome. I have to tell you all the in between pieces that were not interesting in the moment. That sounds really fun to listen. Like I would love to read like a, a Nemesis game, like told like as a story, like as a short story or something. I would find that very cool. Yeah, Casey's but- posted a few of them. Yeah, like I always love reading them. Like every time y'all post these long ones, I'm like, oh hell yeah! And I, like sit down, like it's a short story, and I'm excited to read it, right? But then like I think about doing it, while, like moment to moment, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's tough for me in that way. I think that's I think that's the heart of it. Like the like you said, the overarching bigger story is very cool, but like the minute to minute part of it is tedious to me personally. And as a, as a gamer coming to it, now that's not true of ev- for everyone, but I think that's my main thing with it. I think. Do you guys have any favorite? I know, I know, Mark, you haven't played this game a ton, a ton. Right. Do you guys have any favorite games? Do any games that you've played of Nemesis particularly stick out to you? Ooh. Salmon, you should go first because you're a you're a pro. And this can be for lockdown and for regular Nemesis, whatever. Yeah, moments and games that stand out. Yeah. I think when I first started playing Nemesis, I think. The game narrative stuck out more to me, but as I said before, like the more and more you know, it's a nervous game. 
the more predictable, the predictable it becomes, and it becomes more mechanical for me. So yeah. I don't think I have. So I don't think I, I see the game the way you do, decoy. So I don't really think I could know as in detail. So All right, short answer would be, would be no. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> All right. that's fair. I, what I'm going to guess guess is the the coolest experience or narrative experiences you had were at the very beginning. Where you didn't know, exactly know how everything worked and stuff just happened. It was really cool. Maybe yeah, that's what the deal is. That's yeah. yeah I think that w- I would say the same. Like my first couple of games when I was like the when the the cornucopia of what is was possible was com- was closed still, and I was trying to explore it. I found that very interesting. Like for example, when um, this there's a couple specific moments that stand out to me, but one I think where I really was like, oh wow, there's a lot of depth that's possible if you really want to sink your teeth into like how you can sort of manipulate the mechanics of the game to like either confuse or like hinder players, not just help them. Cause helping them is always very intuitive. Like I'll stay with you. I'll follow you around. We'll both shoot at them if they come out. Like it's, that makes sense. Right. So there's this moment where uh, uh, JC was the Android DQ. You were in the game and you might remember it right away. Um, And I had killed JC and I was like, Oh, jc is the android and everyone hates the android so like this will be easy because everyone wants the android to die and he um got like cold feet and we were all in the storage room i think it was and uh, and somebody spawned an alien in there and he just threw like went in there with us and threw a grenade at the ground at his feet yeah at his feet and and hurt everyone at the same time and i was like why the fuck did he do that? And I like, I had no clue because I was so early on the game. And then I think it was you or somebody was like, Oh, well he did that because he doesn't want uh, anyone to know who he's trying to kill. So he's hurting everyone equally in this exact moment. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool that a game can have that. Like the, where you can have that narrative beat where this person is just like, fuck all of you, but I actually only want to kill one of you, but I don't want any of you to know who it is because I don't know who I can trust yet. So I'll just damage everyone, including himself. He hurt himself too. Like yes. that was, I was like, oh wow, this like this game is on another level in that way. Like, there's a lot you can really do here. So that that stands out to me uh, as a moment where I sort of like started to realize that. I think, um, yeah, I that's remember my that. main one. I think, yeah, I was like, yeah. holy shit, what 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 is he doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that, that's like that's even more layered because the reason nobody trusts the android is because the android only gets corporate objectives, which like five out of the eight of them are kill objectives. Right. So it's very likely that he took a kill objective, which is why nobody trusts the android. Trust yeah. Uh, on top of that, since you took kill him, there's only one <laughs> of each objective, which means he had to kill one specific person. He yeah. wasn't trying to kill everybody. Yeah, he was just like, I know I need really to neat. kill one of you, yeah. Yeah, so you can sort of kind of figure out who he might be trying to kill because it's not everybody because you have kill him, so he can't right. be killing everybody. Right. And yeah it's that's it's pretty cool and, and it's like, like it, it, it's it's even worse because android taking damage is worse than everyone else taking damage because the android has to like have specific <laughs> items in order to heal they can't use med kits because they're not you know biological, biological? And android, yeah android med kits yeah. don't work on them it's it's so it's so cool it's so, it's so interesting to parse through all all the decisions that people make yeah see, uh, i that's... wish the game did that more though where, where it sort of pushed that sort of those story elements yeah, you kind of have to push them yourself sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's something I do a lot. I, pl- I RP and I play this game very narratively. So yeah. sometimes I'll abandon my objective and do the cool thing just because it'd be really funny if I punched a queen and she ran away. Yeah, like that's um, fucking I know hilarious. It's, 
I know it's only a one in three chance of me hitting her, but there's a really good chance that she runs away and makes my life a lot easier. And I punched her and she ran away and I did it again the next game. And she ran away again, two in a row. It was amazing. I only did it the second time. It was a, it was legitimately a bad play the second time. Like I did not need to do that. I had a gun, right? I punched her anyway and it happened and everyone screamed. It was wonderful. (laughs) I loved it. it. It was amazing. I have a note in my notes that says, do, talk about the two punch game. And I immediately know what that means. Yeah. See, so, so that, that huge narrative moment. Um, I, I really like that it has them. I think for me as a sort of like, as I've, as we've been thinking about it, and as I've heard you guys talk about it, I, what I think the best way for me to experience this game is to have, uh, like all of these fun narrative things laid out for me so that I can just consume them at my leisure as opposed to having to like create them from scratch myself in a situ like in this sort of like sandboxy sort of way, like you've said, where like all the tools that I have to create them are going to take so long to foster. Like, yep. It's going to take me years, plural to get to the point where I know this game well enough to be able to create a moment where I can look back and say, fuck yeah. And like, since y'all are already there, I'm just like, I'll just read y'all's, I guess. <laughs> Cause like, that's yeah, so that's much fair. time on the front end, you know, like I don't, I don't dislike it per se, but like, I don't know that I want to sit for five hours for it either knowing that it's going to take that long to get to that point, you know? Yeah. Cause that's, that's fair. Yeah. But if you, I, I think I, if you're the, there, then like it's fucking sweet, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it took it took a long time for all of us to get here. We did not have command of this game and how things worked for a long time. Right. We still had fun because it was just a, it was just a, a clown party. Like it was a it was a circus <laughs> at, when we right. first started playing this game. We're trying to figure out the meta and what we're doing, um, and we just died every time. Like and that yeah. was great. Like we die in new and interesting ways is a fun way to spend time with nemesis also because it doesn't take that long it doesn't take that long to die sometimes. yeah if everyone's dead then yep, yeah just restart <laughs> so so i that it's interesting you said you, you you not struggle but you you have less fun making your own narrative in a sandboxing environment the opposite of this would be something like betrayal where mm-hmm. the narrative is right there for you already you just have to right. do it and you just have to execute the plan that the game tells you to do and whether right. you get there or not is going to be based on a lot of different factors that may or may not be in your control. And that sounds maybe a little bit more your speed of what you're talking about. And also something I really don't like. That's interesting. I don't wanna, yeah. I want to do that. That's I, so interesting. I want to, in, in this case, there's enough guardrails and enough things in Nemesis where I can see a path, but maybe someone else in my spot's not going to see the path. Or maybe they're going to take a different path and do it differently than I'm trying to do it. That makes it interesting. I feel uh, I feel like warmth and happiness inside when I figure out the correct order of things to do things in. Right. Like shoot first, run away from this one. And then if I spawn something in here, I am saving my decoy item to get me out of get me out of dodge for here. Like yeah, figuring yeah. that out and thinking that through and putting math into it makes me happy. And that's not necessarily narrative, but in retrospect, it can be narrative. Like, it will be when I was you look a soldier. At it, yeah. I shot and then I they cover and fired my friend out. We we threw a grenade, smoke grenade out of there, and we made it. That was pretty cool. Solomon, are you which side of the fence are you on? It sounds like me and Decoy have these sort of like very varying sides. Are you somewhere in the middle or do you lean more towards Decoy's side? Oh, that's a good question. 
Hmm. I feel like with Nemesis, though, like I, I feel like a lot of the times you just sort of embellish certain elements of, of the game to make it more interesting than it actually is. Uh, yeah. While Betrayal, like... Hmm. I, I, I really think neither, to be honestly fair with you. Ah, um, touche. That's, okay. that's what I figured you were gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think you interact with these these types of games just differently than than I do, and that's totally cool. You you can purely play Nemesis mechanically and have a good time, right? And maybe put it down after you figured it out. Patrol of the House of the Hill. I'm thinking like what I really like about that is you don't know what kind of betray it's gonna be because there's fifty types of. Uh, yeah, even more than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a hundred yeah, well, different. Yeah. In the base game, it's the fifth type of entities you, you can be. Yeah. I, I I quite find it quite enjoyable, but yeah, I, I guess the fact that it's already pretty tough from the get go is a bit not as easy to sort of vest yourself in, I guess, compared to Nemesis. But I suppose it patrol on the house of the hill, but it is patrol on the front of the box, so you kind of do expect it to be in every game. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I I guess I'm on the fence here. I'm on the fence here. Touche, touche. Yeah, that's I... fair. Yeah. So Nemesis plays, according to BGG, one to five players, best at four or five. Agree or oh. disagree, guys? Ooh. You agree? Yeah. I, yeah. I've only ever played it, I think, at four. No, I played it at five one time, and it was like four hours. And I was like, woof. And it was like 3 a.m. And I was really yeah. tired. Um, I think four. Yeah, I guess I agree. But like, I haven't played enough, I guess, to really know. I don't think I've ever played a three-player game, for example. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think I know enough about it to know but it feels like it there's more opportunity to betray and do all that kind of backstabby stuff when there's more players so i guess that means that that's better it's more of a it's just more madness um yeah i i think four is the best count like straight up four feels perfect to me okay Uh, five is also really close really really close behind but everything being equal i think i would prefer to play four over five that fifth player yeah yeah. yeah, adds another half hour to forty five minutes to the game time, and it just drags a little bit. But it's totally fine at five players. A lot of time we will play with five, and I won't ever decline someone uh, saying, "Hey, you have an extra seat." I'm like, I'd rather play at four. No, I don't think I'd ever say that. We can we can play at five. Five is fine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the best player counts are four and five. Three would be next. Three is fine. It's a little bit more fragile. Yeah, it's, okay. less, it's less resilient to traitors, so or people taking kill objectives. So if oh. one person is not cooperating in four players, the other three players can kind of mitigate it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's three, it's hard to mitigate. If two people take kill objectives on three, the ship's blowing up. <laughs> yeah you're fucked at that point yeah so it's a little more fragile but still totally playable for teaches three players great mm-hmm. uh and then you can actually technically play this at one and two you can do co-op at two players you can also play this solo uh if you're into that That's i'm not into cool. that so i've never played it solo i've played right. lockdown solo before but i've never played regular regular nemesis solo um i've played co-op like once and it was okay but it's missing the whole Trader mechanic thing because yeah, all, yeah. all of the objectives are friendly and that's Ooh. what makes it co-op so less interesting so overall four or five is really good three is playable uh but a little fragile and then if you're into one and two that's totally fine you do you but it's not not my thing 
Yeah. Um, age. BGG oh. says 12 plus. Do you think a 12 year old can play Nemesis? Really? 12 plus? Yeah. Community Fuck. says 14 plus. Oof. BGG uh, says 12 plus. I think that's the fucking dumbest shit I've ever heard. No way. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I'd say maybe like 18. Or six, uh, you can six, get like 16. 16. Okay, 16. Maybe 16. Like junior as long as you got a game runner, like forget it if you've got a bunch of 16 year olds that pick up this game and running. And nobody knows how to play. Oh, work. fuck no. Yeah, yeah that's never going to work. No. Uh, but if you have like a game runner and you're like, you got you got kids and you know how to play Nemesis and one of them's 16, I think it's, you, you could play them. Yeah. You'd stick them on Soldier and tell them to shoot stuff. It's fine. Yeah. Ah, I, don't, I still want to say like college though. Like, you know, part yeah. of me wants to be like, like college roommates in a, in a house of four together could play. Like, that would be the age where you would start kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. That, yeah. 12? It, 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 <laughs> it might take the right 16 year old. Uh, I would yeah. have been into this at 16, I think, just because all the things that I'm into were true then, just like they're true now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Playtime. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need 180 fun. minutes. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, on the lower end, if you're playing solo, you could do this in 90 minutes. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, the game moves a lot faster. You only have five actions, and then you pass, and that's the whole turn. And that's it. Huh. If you're playing with, like, four people, no. three hours. It's, yeah. That's the minimum, right? It's three yeah. to, like, six. You need to set aside three hours. <laughs> like, if you're playing with four people, three hours is a good. You might go to three and a half. Five players, especially if you have new people. I've had Nemesis games go five hours before. On TTS, yeah. five hours. Yeah, uh, and that's without the like, you have to manually do shit. It's like that's scripted pretty much, and you saw it, yeah. it still takes mm-hmm. that long. Yeah, do, doing this in person would take even like you might not even longer. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> I didn't <laughs> in my one so, IRL game. <laughs> so yeah, the box box lies a little bit, maybe a lot. Yeah, but on I think the back a lot. end, not the front end. <laughs> All right, Salo, do you know how much how heavy this game is? Before I ask the question. Uh, what the BGG weight is. I'm so bad it's at this. Like, one at once. It's like 340 or 350, right? Ooh, that's an interesting right. guess. That puts it below Twilight Struggle? Oh, bro. So, for, for everybody... The, uh, there's a lot of rules, right? But, like, like the yes. sort of what you do in the game actually is not, not that... Um, yeah, it's not that hard, complicated. Hard to track, is it? No, 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 no. It's yeah, just like the hard one person has the... to know the rules. Everyone else can just do their own thing and most of the time, so... Yeah, and then it's fine. Yeah. But if you yeah. don't have that one person, it's a mess. So for everybody listening at home, uh, BGG has a, a weight rating for how heavy, more, how complex their board games are, mm-hmm. everything on the site. So the rating is on a scale of 1 through 5, 1 being light, 2 is medium light, 3 is medium, 4 is medium heavy, 5 is heavy. Uh, at the bottom, you have games like Ink and Gold and Kerplunk, very simple at a 1. Backgammon and Risk are at a 2. Bunch of stuff we have covered have been about two and a half, like Nefetoffel and Disney Villainous, also two and a half. Yep. Mm-hmm. Dune Imperium and Cosmic Frog were about a three, and then Go and Brass Birmingham were about a four, a little bit less. Ooh. So, what do you think? Salah uh, says around 3.4, 3.5. the beginning of this, I was going to make the hot take that this is the heaviest one on here, that it was going to be Ooh. heavier than Go. I was thinking it would be like four something, like 4.0, 4.01, or like 4.1, I mean, something like that. That was what my gut was saying at the beginning. But when I actually do sit down to think about it, though, like if somebody knows how to do it, the equivalent of a GM, right, or a DM yes. or whatever you want to call them, like 
the actual actions that you're doing and like like i remember being like okay like so i can move and i have to roll and then it's placed on the numbers like the noise is placed on the numbers okay all right well a thing spawns you you pull it from the bag and like the bag development stuff like that still eludes me when to pull certain event cards and stuff all of that stuff i is heavy that will put it above four but if i don't have to engage with any of that then i think maybe it's what sayla was saying like 3.5 like I think it's harder than Mahjong. That's 3.47, right? It's okay. got to be stronger than or heavier than Twilight Struggle, I think, 3.6. Because I learned that a lot easier, a lot faster. Um, which makes me, the next one up is chess. Oh, 3.66. Oh, God. So, like, I think I'm somewhere in between those two ranges. And it depends on if we're saying you have to learn this by yourself or not. <laughs> So maybe I'll split so, the difference and I'll say like 3.75 or 3. Point, you know what I mean? Like right in the center of those two numbers, like in between 3.5 and four, I think. So just below root. Yeah, that could be, or I it think, could not be. Are you sure? Yeah. I think that's where I'm going to land, but I, my gut is telling me it's the heaviest game on here. All right. So before I reveal, so you're saying 3.75. So I think, yeah, I think 3.75. So just barely ahead of Arc Nova in terms of weight, 3.73. And below root, 3.78. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, pretty close. Ooh. Just about got it. No Shallow shit. happened to be closer, though. Ah, uh, shame. Weight for Nemesis, 3.45. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So this is right between Scythe and Mahjong. No, no, no. So this is no. going to go back to something I've been like grappling with. Who are the people that are actually raiding this thing? Are board gamers playing this game or are casual people playing this game? Uh, I think it's board gamers who are playing this game. Like, if you're into Nemesis and you look at all this stuff, all these tags are, like, heavier tags. Betrayal yeah. and, like, just looking at how the game works, it's it's it feels pretty heavy. Like, this is not an intro board game. Strictly. Oh, Which means I think the reason for this being a little bit lower, I would have put this at Closer to where you put this squid, um, as opposed to where where Sal said three three and a half or so. Okay. I I think it's lower because there's a lot of board game people that that just rated this as a three. It's not that bad. It's just a three. Oh my. Dune Imperium, dude. You can you can get Dune Imperium three right, and you can read that rule book and you can play it correctly the first time you play it and not really have too much trouble. <laughs> like yes, who's putting this as a th- are you fucking kidding me that's impossible with hardcore people oh like, my god yes if you had to pick one versus a three or a four you pick a four probably yeah I'll, I'll for sure pick I four pick as well but like i, I think yeah. the actions you take and sort of get general game flow is not really hard to pick up though so i mean that's why i went with a 3.5 because i don't think it's actually that hard to pick up yeah uh, man y'all are just too high advanced for me then because like the the concept of managing the bag which is the monsters that you're pulling knowing when people have to roll certain things knowing which thing on the cards means what thing in terms of how it damages you keeping track of the event deck keeping track of the alien deck keeping track of the different types of aliens that could even come and when they should come how they move like there's so many fucking things whether they can hit you or not well yeah Yeah. i don't know i don't know if that's hard though i just think it's more tedious it's a lot of stuff it, it, yeah, each one of those individual things is not that bad. You can learn them. There's just 25 of them, and that's kind of a lot. 
Lots so here's guys. here's a question. We said the same thing about Fort. There's like 30 things to keep track of at the front end. Fort's a 2.42. Oh, fuck, really? would you, how would you how would you how would you compare those to like because th- those two facts we've both said about those two games right like yeah except there's no traitor mechanics in fort like, that what makes it harder kill each other <laughs> like it, it's not it's a full point difference but like fort, fort is fort fort is like a uh deck building strategy uh well, it is 2.44 what the fuck jesus yeah. christ Wow. Yeah, it's not that. It, it, it is if you once you get the symbols in that game down, it's fine, and that is a huge problem for me. I don't do well with symbols. Would you different say the same thing for that... Nemesis? Once you get the symbols down, you're fine. Like uh, there's 25 different no. like this number, like you know what I mean? Because it feels like those might be considered similar to the common, like the average bystander might be like, oh, they said the same thing in Fort. Like there's a bunch of symbols, but once you get it, it makes sense. In this game, a... I still don't know what the symbols mean. Like. <laughs> I'm trying to remember back because I've played this game for so long that I just remember all this stuff. I just right, yeah. Game. At the very beginning, I was completely lost too. Same, like, yeah. If we weren't playing with Fuglas, who taught me this game originally. We're dead in the water. We're not right. getting anywhere. Uh, not even close. Uh, so yeah. I mean, you can fumble. Hard. You can fumble through like Twilight Struggle pretty much, like, and not need someone to teach you. Like I did that verbatim with a friend of mine. We both bought. I bought it because I loved it we played it together and we learned it together. And it was like the second time I played and we got 90% of the rules, right. We just didn't do realigns and that's right over it. Right. And like brass, maybe even you could say the same thing, right? Like, yeah, you're the brass, the brass rules. You might mess up some, but like you could still play the game successfully and you might be like, Oh, I messed up that rule, but that's okay. Like we'll still score it. And like, you'll be like 85% of the game was played nemesis dude. Oh my God. Right. Like there's no way I could play that game anywhere close to correctly without you guys. One of the things about Nemesis is that nobody plays it correctly the first time. Even when we played with Fuggles, we still got stuff wrong because there's just so many rules. Yeah. Like we, we, we ended up correcting him on a few things that he thought were the case but got changed because he played it in beta or something. Right. Like, it, it, it's just a thing. And it doesn't... Ultimately, if you're playing it consistently, it doesn't harm the end product, I think, which is having a good time. Like having okay. a good narrative experience. Even if you don't exactly get all the rules right and you bag development completely wrong and you spit out way too many aliens or not enough, <laughs> you still probably right. had a good time. Like, we never played Void Sieges correctly the first time we played them because they work very differently than the other aliens. Once we figured it out, we figured it out it was a lot more fair. The reason we didn't play Void Sieges a lot early, because uh, early on when we did play it, we just got ripped. Like, we got destroyed every single game. And then we took a little bit of a deep dive into the rule book and realized we're doing it wrong. But we still had fun. It was still yeah. cool. Okay. We thought it was just like the huge big boss at the end of the game, and it was actually just like a regular boss. And we couldn't read the health bar correctly. So it's maybe like what we could say is like, if you were playing this game to try and learn how to win, it would be like four point something. Yeah. But if, if you're not, but if you're playing it the quote unquote correct way, like we've said, then it's a little bit lower because like yeah, this is, suddenly this the is rules fine. don't matter yeah. as much. And so, okay, all right. You, you shouldn't be worried. Like, Try to learn the rules. You shouldn't be too worried about the rules because even Awakened Realms is not too worried about the rules. Apparently. Yes, I was about to say they're uh, not, they don't seem to care at all. <laughs> they care a little bit, just not as much yeah. as we would hope. As we would want. About. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all <really> right. <laughs> Final bit. I think y'all know where I'm going to rank this. Oof. So I'll toss it to you first. I'm just Oof. gonna I'm just gonna move the list and put this number one, 
and uh, make you guys change it. Yeesh, so, do you want, so do you want to go first, or do you want me to? Or, or think for a second. So I'll go to you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I... Okay, so this is really tough for me, because um, we both love Root, so that's an easy number one for our collective list, right? But I think, for me, if I was ranking Nemesis on here by myself, I would put it uh, or I would put it um, somewhere, or I would start thinking about it somewhere around where Cosmic Frog is, give or take. Holy a few shit! Ga- a, a few what games. What the fuck? Now here, and here's why. So, for me, I know that I'm never gonna have buy this game. I'm never gonna play it without you guys, and I know that I'm never going to put the time in that it takes to get the narrative like output back. That it, like the input that it would require of me, I'm never gonna do to get the output. Because, like, it's just so much time and so much, like, plays in order to get there, right? Um, And I think the type of experience that I'm looking for in a, like, game time, window of time, is something that some of these games up top provide, like Dune Imperium, Ark Nova, uh, Mahjong, Brass, like, Twilight Struggle, these games that are kind of near the top route, number one, obviously, right, We like we talked about. Those, I think, do more of what I want to sit down and do when I'm playing a game. And those have narrative elements in them, but the narrative elements are sort of byproducts of the way that you play as opposed to the primary reason to play. Yeah. So for me, I think like a game that is narrative as its primary thing will never rank highly for me just in general, right? Like Betrayal's pretty low. I think this is better than Betrayal, but I like Cosmic Frog's theme and stuff better than I like Betrayal's, right? So... I think I would put it probably like below Takedo because I think I like Takedo just better just because that's more of what I would choose to play like on average, right? Um, I think that's where I would put it without you guys. Now, that's not how this list works, right? This isn't without you guys. This isn't just me in isolation, right? And since you're so hot on it, I think therefore it would probably climb pretty good, which means that my next pressure point is probably Ark Nova because that's a game where you actively dislike it and still were willing to put it high. So I think similar to our Parcheesi and Domino's set, I think if it was like me thinking about this as us, I would put it probably as Arc Nova 7, Nemesis 8, and have those be together also because those are both of our games we know that are really good, but that we just don't really like that much kind of thing. Sort of like how Parcheesi and Domino's do that at the bottom of the list. So that's where I'm at with it. You're absolutely insane. <laughs> question uh when you guys do your bonus episode are you guys also gonna rank nemesis again are you because if jc and humberta are here they're gonna push up to the top so they are indeed i have, <laughs> I have not decided whether they're going I'm, I'm gonna let them let them vote on it we're, okay. we're gonna do it based on vibes yeah like we could probably episode. see say what would y'all do but then we'll decide if we're gonna let give them the keys to the kingdom <laughs> yeah okay. it's gonna depend yeah if we can take everyone's vote in, in, into consideration and then put it at the end, I guess. I think I prefer Betrayal more than Nemesis. I think, so when I first played Nemesis, it was definitely my top five games. I mean, it has certainly just sort of slipped further and further down, maybe because my changed taste when I started playing more and more board games, I started to appreciate uh, sort of the wit for what board games could do, and uh kind of felt that Nemesis didn't really do what I thought it was going to do when I fully explored it. So I don't think it's worse though than 
Cosmic Frog. I think I would rather play Nemesis over Cosmic Frog. And I think even though I prefer Betrayal, I don't mind putting it over Betrayal. Uh, yeah, yeah. So if Betrayal was higher, you'd probably like it then, if, is what it sounds like. I just think it's such a weird list, like, like Go and Chess, or like, well, like Wonderland's War. Always... <laughs> Everybody says something. Everyone yeah. says something completely different about that. Some people say Go should be number, or Chess should be number one. Like, we've, we've right. had people that said that. Like, and some people say Chess should be at the bottom of the list. And yeah, that, like, like the bottom of this shouldn't even exist. <laughs> It's funny. funny hearing everybody. Everybody you know, say something a little bit. I just about feel chess. like you, you either. I think you just get rid of the going chess. That's the thing, though, because I just think it makes the, the the list look weird. I don't think you're ever gonna have a a perfect spot for it. Nope, that's Ooh, that's part of the problem. I kind of why yeah. I like them in there. We're, right? we're like... choosing. We're choosing to make <laughs> issues for ourselves. <laughs> True. Uh, I would put it over Wonderland's well, Wonderland's pre- pre- band. Yeah, I was gonna say pretend go and chess aren't there for just for a second. Would you go? Yeah, would you go over Wonderland's War? It sounds like you would. Yeah, I would. Wingspan would go over. Thought would go. That's over. interesting, right? Like Wingspan, like so many people will play Wingspan. So oh. few people will play Nemesis to compare them. Not on right? our server. No, but like yeah. in the, the 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 general collective board game person is going to on average play Wingspan one hundred I mean, times before they play one uh, Nemesis. Yeah, it's just because it's more accessible. It's so much I've, more accessible, right? That like uh, accessibility. Board games. To, I've introduced uh, people to board gaming through Nemesis more than have Wingspan. So, oh, that's crazy. That's interesting. I that's surprise. I'm surprised uh, to hear well, that. That's uh, interesting. I I always do my sort of you know cooperative uh, game, and then we also slightly fudging the rules up a little bit so it's more nice oh i see okay. yeah yeah so again i, I think like again nemesis is an event i don't think wingspan is an event it's just a it's like a fun light bone, game to play yeah it's boneless it's boneless yeah yeah i i can't like i can imagine people playing like a game of wingspan and being like oh that was fun and then they don't think about it well as do you guys have been saying throughout these last two hours like games of nemesis will stick with you right uh, yeah that's fair that's fair. So I mean, I'm putting it over Wingspan too, right? So I guess, well, if it was by myself, I wouldn't. But like collectively, I want to. So that yeah, would you go? Do you know Mahjong? I forget if you know that game. Uh, I, I don't of it. I don't think I've ever played it though. So I have really no okay. on that. Ark Nova, Dude Imperium. I mean, you know yeah. those, or at least one at, of those, pretty good. At, at the end of the day, I would I'd probably play Dude Imperium over Nemesis. So yeah, we would go on to Dude Imperium. Ooh, so right where I was at. See? See, decoy? Yeah. I mean, you guys could be wrong together. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have just gone... Again, that's true. Like, like, Dune Imperium is like my second favorite game on this list, so again, if it's... Yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. I Point taken. This game is not for everybody. And I I fully appreciate that I've, I've uh, signed up to do this episode with two haters. That's fine. Because <laughs> next uh, time it's not going to be that way. Yeah, next time it's not going to be that way. So right. all I will say in my defense is it is the most played game on our server. And we have, I want to say, half a dozen people capable of running it now. We've played oh, this that's game pretty en- cool. Yeah, we've played this game enough with enough people who have wanted to learn how to run it and brought it to other places that we have collectively taught just a lot of people how to yeah, run you, this game. You know, you know what? I'll put it over doing a period because of that, actually. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, a good, that's a good point. Uh... Yeah. Ooh, what's the ceiling for this? For me, oh. I'm not letting it go above Root or Brass. I don't think I could put it above either of those. Those games are so much better in every way. You know what? I'll, let it, go, I'll let it go uh, uh, below Dominion. So Dominion 3, okay. Nemesis 4? Interesting. Nemesis 4, yeah. yeah. 
That's so. I'm gonna. I can't wait to hear Decoy say something because he loves Dominion. <laughs> well, yeah, not well. Maybe I not mean, recently. I don't know. <laughs> I don't love Dominion as much as I did before. Like it, it, it. This is the huge problem with this list. There's definitely times where I would choose to play Nemesis over Dominion, and there's right. definitely times where I choose to play Dominion over Nemesis. A lot of it has mm-hmm. to do with time and how much mm-hmm. energy I have. I could play mm-hmm. Dominion just like Brain Dead. Although, right, right now, Umberto's like trying to catch me on Dominion ladder, See? and we can't have that happen. <laughs> uh, he's not that close, but he's close enough that I'm a little worried, and I have to That's actually start hilarious. trying hard, try harding again because he's going to actually catch me if I don't do anything, and that is completely and totally unacceptable. That cannot happen in any universe. So I still do care about Dominion. So maybe honestly, we put it I'm forth, good then? with anything in this. Like, if this is in the top five, even top six, it's totally going to come down to preference. I'm going right. to prefer to play Nemesis. Y'all are going to prefer to play Root or Dune or even Twilight Struggle, and that's fine. Like, if it, as yeah, long as it is good. above like, those Arc are all Nova, above. Yeah, I'm yeah, actually see, okay. It has to be above Arc Nova, but I, I, it's like, I like Dune Imperium better. Um, I think my issue with how I'm placing it, I am basically saying it's essentially aesthetic and design over actual gameplay if I'm putting it over Dune Imperium. See? I don't know how I feel about that because I don't think a game can just coast on that alone. Right? Yeah. Like the the this, the game the moment to moment gameplay of Nemesis is boring sometimes. I never feel that way about any of these top. I, six I games. think yeah. The issue is like there there will be peaks of interest where like you're doing something very interesting, and then there's times where you can just like literally do your turn and then walk away from the board, and do something else, <laughs> and come back right. and finish your turn basically, and like nothing's really happened. So. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a good amount of dead time sometimes. In that I do think, right. yeah, not sometimes not right. As a board game, I think one of my main critiques when saying a board game is bad is are you actually interested in what everyone else is doing on the table? If not, it's probably not a good board game. And I do feel that that's my issue with the Nemesis. That being said, again, I have brought a lot of people into board gaming through Nemesis. True. Uh, Superficially, I guess, but still, they enjoyed it for what it was. Maybe under Twilight Struggle. I think, yeah, under, under Twilight Struggle, above Dune Imperium. Number right. five? How do you feel about that? Uh, yes. Way? I am okay with that. That's, that's, ooh, fine. okay. I'm good. Yeah. Hey, all right. Nemesis at number five. Hey, top five, like we said. So now we, all we got to do is next week put whatever game at number four, and then we'll bump Nemesis out of the top five. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what you got? What you got lined up for next week, so I can uh, prepare my thesis on shitting on it. I was about to say, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. Yeah, this is so. I mean, I think listeners, the moral of the story for today is that if you have the propensity for a game like this, then this is one that you should spend time with, right? Yeah. Like, just big to see time. if it clicks for you, because if it does, it'll click really, really well. And even if yeah. it doesn't, it's a worthwhile experience. It's worthwhile to try, yeah. I just so. just to see what it's about. And at, our server loves this game. It is ranked number twenty-one overall on BGG. It's That's very, true. Like quite high, extremely no, high. Since we're so we're, hold on, we're putting it below Twilight Struggle. Isn't Twilight Struggle like nineteen or something? Aren't they right next to each other? Yeah, I think so. So that's actually uh, kind of interesting that we're like kind of in a sense believing, like not believing them, but we're sort of like agreeing with that top 20 in a way a little bit that's kind of I mean, interesting dude imperium's nine though i mean oh well yeah. fuck never mind yeah <laughs> <Twilight Struggle laughs> never mind. Is, uh, 13 
Oh, 13. Okay. Yeah. So we're, yeah, we're kind they're of all in the same neighborhood. It, it's right. it really, really, when you're looking at these, like I said, it's, it's all, it's all preference. We know people who would play Ark Nova a thousand times before they played Nemesis and vice versa. Yeah. And that's fine. Ugh. Sweet. All right. Man, number, Hey, number five feels good, right? Like that was, that was a good, I like the idea of you putting a number one in theory. Cause I know it's your favorite, but like, I think it's. I think it in the top five is a good a good spot for it. Yeah. Felt like, yeah. yeah. Realistically, I know it's not going to be number one, but it's going to be. Number feels one. weird. Yeah, to, be, yeah. to put it over Dune Imperium, but like for people outside of the board gaming who who want to go into board gaming, I think it's just it looks more enticing to play. Right. I think yeah. people are more likely to pick up Nemesis than they are Dune Imperium. So. Dude, isn't Dune Imperium only like fifty bucks though? Nemesis is like a hundred and fifty. Yeah, but if you had a choice, let's say. It's like if you, if money was no object. Money was no object, yeah. Yeah, who? I guess it's like which which IP do you like better? Do you like Dune or do you like Alien? Like Alien, yeah. Yeah. I kind I, of I think I'd Alien. rather play Dune over Alien if I had to pick. If I had to pick just based on that, like the horror this... survival versus like in- political intrigue and shit. Like I don't know. Uh, but, I mean, they're, they're both quite dry. That's <laughs> not like quite dry. <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Getting Gamey is produced by me, Mark Overstreet, a.k.a. Squid. And by me, Ray, a.k.a. Decoy. Music by Pixabay.com. Music by Pixabay.com.